A mistake. What kind I, of sandwich? Do you, you get that like really that just good like plain sliced turkey that's oh, like God. really salty and yeah. tasty? I just like got a thing of that because I hadn't had it in ages, and then I just kind of sat on my couch after getting home and I was like, "Oh, I'll just have a couple of these." See, mine, my weakness is really thinly, cho- really thinly sliced, and then piled on uh, ham with like a just a smidge of a honey. Uh, mm. taste to it i, I yeah it's yeah, very yeah. it is very dangerous if if i if i get myself a hold of some of that which is why i don't buy it often um, mm-hmm. yeah if i have ham cut slice nice sliced ham honey ham even mm-hmm. um in the fridge then that's just that's i'm just pulling i'm just opening the fridge it's do- yeah like, off a slice anytime, <laughs> anytime i go to the fridge it's just yep this is a this is going this is not this is not healthy. This is not going to work for me. Um, Guess what? It's ham time. It's ham. Yeah, exactly. Like, what time is it? It's ham o'clock. <sighs> Turkey's healthier, right? Turkey's better for me. Oh, nom, 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 nom. You're probably right. It's pro- You're probably doing way better than you would be with honey ham, I think. It's it's turkey's probably the healthiest. It's still eating giant amounts of sliced meat of sliced salted meat. Right. Um, but then ham is probably is less healthy than that. And then salami, I'll go mm. through a bunch of that too. And it's <laughs> mm. like like I need like 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 if I'm gonna eat salami, it needs to be like top grade shit, like deli kind of sliced stuff. I'm oh, not, I'm not buying any salami pre- stick. I'm not buying prepackaged garbage. Uh, when it comes mm. to salami, like I have to have like just nice, good ass salami. You um, don't fuck around with salami. I don't. No, <laughs> like my salami game is top tier. Believe me. Excellent. Rhett's is. We too, about, I mean, we were just talking about Astolfo. <laughs> That's my line. <laughs> yeah, you, Rhett, come on, come on, get your head in the game. Oh, my head is somewhere your else. Head, right now. Your head, your head, your head is in the palm of your hand right now. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing at my own dumb joke. <laughs> and with that, welcome. Welcome one and all to Soxcast episode 137. This was the uh, this is this is what was that? That number just keeps getting bigger. It's that Rhett, do you want me to just start counting down from now on? <laughs> Oh no, that sounds ominous. <laughs> yeah, we just start counting backwards and not mention it from now on. D meter, ninety-seven percent. Like, 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 like Sayara would be relieved because he doesn't draw. He wouldn't have to draw arts anymore. Like we just, oh, we use, just use the old. We'll ones. just use the old ones. We'll just start counting backwards. We'll have the Sox same. Cat. We'll have ne- this negative one. We'll have the same guests on that we had. Maybe skip a couple. <laughs> you know who you are. 
That's ominous. It makes me sound way shitty, doesn't it? <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> I'm a fucking monster. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, we, we talk about we talk about meat. We talk about Rhett's meat. It's just great. It's, it's <laughs> yep, a great show, as go. always. <laughs> awesome good times. We always have good times here. To my immediate virtual right. He's here to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. It's Rhett! Hello. Hey! How's it going, Meat Man? <laughs> meat Man is ready for meat. <laughs> I love how you're like the, the vegetarian of the show, so... There's that, too. That's why I was actually tuned out during the meat discussion, because I'm just like, I don't relate to any of this. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I wasn't <laughs> I sure... I, like, I wasn't sure whether to feel bad, like... It's, no, it's <laughs> like, is me and John just talking about scarfing down this disgusting fucking meat products? Like, is Rhett sitting there literally gagging and, like, he's got his mic muted. <laughs> I'm very used to it. Okay, okay. Good. So we talk about, like, having just a big stick of salami and just, like, biting into it without even, like, slicing it. And then you get, like, strings of fat stuck in your Yes! Throat. Okay, that, now you're... Man, <laughs> get, the flo- get the floss ready. It's fine. That's all you gotta do. Get it's, just, floss. it's fine. Just have the floss ready. Get the floss ready. Socks get, cat. get the floss ready. Get the floss ready. <laughs> I'm gonna make that. I'm gonna make that uh, the new the new uh, header for the, the the podcast website instead of like whatever it is now. I'm gonna make that get the get the floss ready. <laughs> That's gonna be the new thing from now on. Perfect. <laughs> to my immediate virtual left, he's as cool as a cucumber in a bowl of hot sauce. It's John Thayer. Hi. Hey. How's it going? I'm doing well. Doing well. It's sunny out. It's 80 degrees. I've I've. Took a long hot bath earlier. Uh-huh. Um, just, just kind of at peace. Just like woke up in a kind of a bad mood, and then I just, I've, I've, I've arrived. Then you remember, exactly you remembered you were going to have a podcast about meat with your best friends. Yep, and that that was just like, oh yeah, oh and, that'll be and, nice. And Jesus took that frown and turned it upside down. <laughs> also, the hot bath. The hot bath. Hot baths usually. really hell. They're really nice. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I don't know if it's so much because of the hot water, or, or so much an excuse to just put down electronics for an hour. That's that's like, also. I think good. a little bit of both. I would, yeah. I, would, I would take a hot bath, but I got a leaky faucet in the bathtub. I probably got to get no. That. Yeah, so, it, it doesn't seem bad. It's just one of the like the, the hot water thingy. I think it's just kind of like I think it needs like a gasket replaced or something. But I got to mm. look at that tomorrow, or have a plumber come look at it. That'll cost me way more money than I want to pay. So what can you do? What can you do? Say love. It's to get hot baths. Exactly. That's the point. I've got to get that It's worth back. it. Like, yeah. Like, that's what you do. That's what you do. But we're ready to podcast. Everybody in the chat's ready for us to podcast. Whoever downloaded this, all one of you. Hi, Don. <laughs> they're, ready for, they're, for, they're ready for us to get uh, a podcast going. So, Rhett. Jeez. Why don't Putting you just, just get us going we're going in high gear. Fuck today. yeah. Let's just go right into it. No we're breaks. Fucking baby. around. We're just doing it. Exactly. Just doing it. You get in there. Just do it. We're fucking professionals. This is what we do. <laughs> what are you waiting for? <laughs> you to shut up. <laughs> All right, I'll shut up. Whoa. I'll shut up. Did, did you guys hear that, uh, that right goose? Right now. Yeah, I heard that goose right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
we uh, unfortunately do have a goose problem. A goose yeah. jumps into our Discord calls from time to time. They jump in on my stream sometimes too, and it's just well, you know, you just kind of learn to deal with it. We're just we're the NPCs in Goose Game now. We gotta reset our routine. Yeah. <laughs> and, you made, and they made the, you made that joke right when I was in the middle of doing a very I'm gonna cause problems on purpose joke. <laughs> like let's do overtalk on purpose on a podcast. That's good. Good humor. <laughs> Go for it, Red. Uh, I finished Yakuza 6. Hey! How'd that go? Uh-oh. 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 I like this game, but there's no other way to say it in that this is probably my least favorite Yakuza game. Mm. It's just, I've played a lot of them in this one. It's it's kind of basic in some ways and kind of just a story let down in, in others. Mm -hmm. mm. And it's, it's frustrating when they're like, you know building it up as, like, the conclusion to the Kiryu saga. Oh, that mm -hmm. makes it sting quite a bit more, yeah. yeah. That's the thing, is when they, like, they put a little hype behind it, and it's, like, making it almost seem like you have to play all the previous ones to play it, and then you really don't. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, because the whole, all the Yakuza games, like, the stories are, like, largely super independent of each other's, besides a few recurring characters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, most connection is probably... Zero and one because they wrote zero after the fact. Yeah. So they they were able to not like entirely wipe the cast between games because they had to leave certain characters alive for one. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. that one was already written and you know set in stone. But then by the end of one, it's like, yep, we've uh, we've basically killed everybody by the end of this game. <laughs> but Kiryu then... has done none of said killing. Oh no, he definitely oh. never kills anybody except for that one guy that he uses a human shield into. <laughs> There's some clip that goes around online of like Kiryu never kills anybody, and then it's like somebody pulls a gun on Kiryu and he just grabs like a waiter and holds him up in front of him and lets oh that guy get shot God. instead. Like, yep, Kiryu. It's it's trolley problem. It's like, okay, did <laughs> did Kiryu kill this guy by grabbing him, or did the guy with the gun kill this guy? And it's like, well. Kiryu definitely caused that guy to die, but yeah, he didn't pull the trick. He, he's not the one that... It, it, like, that would be manslaughter? Would that be manslaughter? I don't know. It's the EG e pacifist root logic, where you reflect everybody's bullets at them and they die. There you go. See, if the gunman was the one who... If that happened, like, I would not blame Kiryu, but because he got a third person involved. Anyways, the stories are largely independent of each other, and, like... I, so 5, I played a long time ago because I played 4 and 5 before all the prequel ones. Mm -hmm. 5 felt like it was kind of building to something, and then 6 doesn't really follow through on a lot of that. And it's also... So, it was the debut of their new Dragon Engine, and I've played other games in it since then. Oh. Like, Kiwami 2 yeah. and Judgment use it. So this, is, this was the first attempt, and it's a lot more stripped down compared to what they mm -hmm. did in some of those other games where it's like, oh, there's there's way less heat actions in this game. That's not like a huge bummer. But like just everything is a little, you know, version one and I've played, you know, the newer games than this one. So it's not little, enough oh, press triangle to cool. There, there really isn't, honestly. <laughs> That's the <laughs> Extremely valid. Yeah. But I think kind of my main problem with this one is just kind of overall where the story went in that a whole lot of it is Kiryu kind of palling around with this gang of like 
four nobodies up in uh, Hiroshima, and then a whole lot of the return the older cast basically doesn't appear in this game. Mm-hmm. Like I remember people complaining, "Oh, Manjima is barely in this one," and I was like, "Oh, I'm sure it's fine." And then I played the game, and I'm like, "Manjima is just not in this game. What the fuck?" <laughs> like. It's so weird having games four and five, which are the ones where you don't play as Kiryu the entire time. Mm-hmm. And, like, they start to build up this extended <laughs> cast. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cause trouble on purpose. Yep. No, that's not on purpose. <laughs> so, like, in four and five, you move away from Kiryu a bit, and they build up this a larger cast, and then those characters just don't appear in this game. Like, mm. Daigo, Saijima, and Majima appear twice. Oh, wow. The very start of the game and after the credits. They're in prison the entire game. It's ridiculous. It feels like if this is the end of the Kiryu saga, you bring back all the greatest hits. That's that's the thing. Is like, this does not feel like written as the end of the Kiryu saga. It feels much more like just another adventure with Kiryu and and some of his friends, but not all of them. It's an East game. Yeah. It feels more like, because I just played Yakuza 3 last year, it feels very similar to that one, but that one didn't have the pressure of being the finale. It was just (laughs) deep in the middle of the saga. Yeah. And then there's there's my own head getting in the way of things. There's a line towards the end, because I was wondering, like, why is this game spending so much time with these new characters at the expense of all this recurring these other, you know, recurring cast members? Where where are they going with this? Right. And like Kiryu's whole thing th- throughout the it's so funny. They call them the Yakuza games in in English, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. you never actually play as a member of the Yakuza cuz Kiryu's always like He's either been kicked out temporarily or he's resigned. He's never actually yeah. He's never like Yakuza member, full fledged kind of there. Yeah, there's always some workaround where like in the first game, he goes to prison for ten years and then he comes back and he finds out like he's been kicked out of the clan. Yeah, so so he's never actually in it while you're playing the games. <laughs> so I thought for a bit that the 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 conclusion was going to be the Kiryu joins the Yakuza again, where he's kind of come on this revelation of like, this is who I am. This is where I belong. Yeah. Because he's spending a whole lot of time with this, this really small group of like five guys in a smaller town, Mm -hmm. like this really bonding with this local group of Yakuza. But again, putting up the front, like I'm just a civilian, you know? Yeah. But then, you know, shit, shit goes down a lot in this game. I don't want to, again, it's not a bad game. And like, there are definitely Mm -hmm. the, the, crazy oh my god i can't believe it moments and there's one where like they are facing off against like the brett like the head family it's like a hundred guys come to kick their ass and yeah and kiryu's like they can't mess with us and everybody notices he says that and he like kind of looks back and smirks mm-hmm. like oh, god. he's back he's back in yeah. the yakuza that that's what this is all about sure and i was and i'm even trying to tie that to how there's the whole clan creator thing in this one where like you build up a color gang to beat up the other bad oh, color right, gang. Right, right, yeah. So it's just it's all these systems and like the baseball thing where you're being the manager of the baseball team. So everything in this game is like Kiryu is a leader. Yeah. That's 
who he is. He is charismatic. He gets people under his wing. He leads them. And that's just not where the story actually ends up going. Mm. <laughs> and I just thought that, like, my ending for this game of Kiryu making his own Yakuza family was, like, I thought that was the perfect conclusion. And then when it doesn't happen, I was just like, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> a thing, some things happened. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, even... Very early in the game, there's one line where he's talking to, like, the current leader of the Tojo clan who doesn't have a tattoo. Mm. And Kiryu, of, like, the old school, like, pride is, like, outraged by that. Yeah, well, and yeah. The other guy's like, the tattoo is just a detriment because it makes you a social outcast. New, Our new era of Yakuza, we have no need for tattoos, and Kiryu's, like, fucking pissed. Yeah, obviously. So again, I thought... Again, that's another little hint of them leading towards this Kiryu remaking the Yakuza clan in his own perfect ideal world. Yeah. And then that's just not how the story ends up going. And, it, and it's kind of weird where, like, he's just been a superhero for the last couple games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, there's a, fa there's a notable moment in five where he just fights, like, the entire Tojo clan at once. It's like, it's like literally you versus 100 NPCs at once. Yep. And, like, a ton of the fights in this one are the same way, where it's just, like, they throw, like, literally 30 enemies at you at once and you win. God. So he... And they're just, like, playing this completely straight in the cutscenes of, yeah. like, Kiryu will be fine on his own against entire clans of enemies. Yeah. <laughs> so when it gets super serious at the end and all of a sudden Kiryu drops that invincibility, you're like, wait! Wait, like, the, yeah, the, 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 yeah! It's really inconsistent with itself. and It suddenly gets super heavy at the end yeah and it's just like oh oh now he's not a superhero and <laughs> just i don't know like it's a good game and there's there's a very funny reference that not reference but like remember in uh 2016 the same year this game came out pso2 also went to earth yep there's like a weird crossover there that i had forgotten about where people were like huh pso2 and yakuza 6 huh same universe oh no Oh so, no! Like, coming back on that was really funny. It's just a weird. That's a weird thing to stumble back into. A weird thing that kind of happened. So like, it's a good game. It's not the best though. Yeah. I'm excited to get to like, like a, dragon. a dragon. Yeah, like like a dragon is just man. It just kind of feels like the reset that that series might need after this game. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, because this. So after this, they did Judgment, which I did, like, a whole lot more mm -hmm. overall. Because I think, again, having no expectations going in, just kind of a blank slate with this and with Judgment and Like a Dragon. Like, I think Kiryu had kind of become a bit too played out, maybe. Like, they've done, like, seven games with him. It's, it's, it's fine. Yeah, like, you... You can move on, and I think that they're largely yeah. like re like they're clearly ready to do that. Yeah, and they kind of have at this point. Yeah, I just think I forever think it's kind of weird though that Judgment keeps the beat 'em up gameplay, and apparently they might be announcing a sequel soon. There's some like Judgment. Yeah, there's like a up. yeah. They keep doing something every day about Judgment launch or something. It's yeah, weird. it just came out on like the new consoles. Yeah. Like, PS5 HD or version or whatever. 
But it's funny that Judgment, the one where, you know, you play as like a lawyer, that's the one that's still a beat-em-up, but then yeah. the, the proper game, that's the one that they turn into a freaking JRPG. It's, like, it's ballsy. I'll give them that. Yeah. Like, it, it's a ballsy fucking move, and I admire it just because you don't see that kind of shit anymore. Yeah. So. Especially when all the Final Fantasy and all the other action are, JRPGs are moving towards action. Yeah, yeah. So for Yakuza, the beat-em-up to move entirely into turn-based combat very funny it's like a complete bucking of trends yeah yeah like final fantasy is just an action game at this point i mean like mm-hmm. when's the last time final fantasy was just a menu based like a mainline a mainline final fantasy was just a menu based game i think it literally has to be 10 11. 10 or 11 yeah i think it's literally 10 that's the last time you were just punching in commands to interact like you could make an argument for 12 uh, because you still move around like an yeah. MMO, but I still feel that that game is kind of, I don't know, more interactive than a typical menu-based game. Because I think positioning mm-hmm. matters in that game. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, positioning matters in Eleven too. Mm. Yeah, if you're talking just menu stuff, I don't know, because the last one I played was would be like 9. nine that... yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> 10 is the last, like, mm-hmm. 13 is menu-based. Um, 13 is menu based all the 13s are menu based they they're doing active time stuff yeah in 13 okay, so, so like 10 would be pure turn based but also that's you know that's four through nine is active time stuff yeah i'm i'm more talking about like 15 and then the seven remake are just like mm-hmm. hey we're, it's just we're, a, leading, we're just bad action games game. now mm-hmm. we're trying to be kingdom hearts with a little more less like real-time action yeah, stuff yeah yeah but 16, like, 16 literally looks like it has like Devil May Cry comics. Yeah, like it, yeah, 16, the, the, is, yeah, 16 is just, it's an action game. Now. Like, we're just mm. not even pretending at this point. So, yeah, that's kind of a weird end of my Yakuza journey, but it's you a got, good time. But I'm you like, got like a dragon coming up. I think that yeah. that's going to be pretty great. I just think, like, the whole like obsession of playing every single one to kind of end on. To splat. end on, like, yeah, to kind of none of it actually, splat. none of it actually really mattered, especially yeah. because four and five were the first ones I played, which would still be the most relevant for this one. Yeah, mm-hmm. but just the complete lack of returning characters. Like the guy, the one funny thing is like the first character you play is in Yakuza Four. Oh, I, I'm blanking on his name right now. He's the one that does show up like in the middle of the story a couple times. It's like okay, it's good seeing him at least. Mm. A couple times. And he plays him again in five, along with Haruka. Akiyama, that's his name. Akiyama, yeah. I think. (laughs) Uh, Polly, what you been up to? What have I been up to? Oh. Holy crap. Yeah. I've done things. Let's go. I've done a lot of things. God, I don't know which one to go with. (laughs) Hmm. You weren't prepared. I mean, I'm prepared because I You weren't ready for the big big show, Polly. I I was upended by the big show. I'm done. Like I just got completely bowled over. Wasn't ready for that toss to Polly for for the second slot. It's so rare. It's so rare. I'm usually always third. So uh, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I got I got games. I got cartoons. It's like, uh oh, uh oh. Which one do I do? Which one do I, do I do? I swerve. Do I go? Let's let's talk about games. We're still on video okay. games. Rhett was okay. talking about video games. I'll go, I'll go with games because I've only played a couple. Uh, but I think they're worth talking about. The first one. 
Um, I played this week actually. It was actually just more of a demo. It's less. It's less of a. Mm. It's less of a uh, full fledged game. It's because it's a game that's not coming out until at least January of next year. So, um, I came across an article that was talking about a cool upcoming visual novel that looked kind of neat called Corpse Factory. And I think that when you name a thing Corpse Factory, it it's kind of you you put a lot of pressure on yourself to make a really cool thing. <laughs> um. So, um, basically, like, what this game's kind of riffing on is it's sort of like Hellgirl in visual novel form. Oh. So, so, See, I, I saw the setup to this, but I didn't see mm -hmm. the payoff. Yeah, like, the setup is really, like, like if, if you don't like somebody, there's a website you can go to, punch in their name, and upload a picture of them. And um, they're basically going to die. Uh, uh, like, b shortly before their death, they will receive a photo of their own corpse. And somehow they will end up dead. Um, and and the, the demo that I played, I don't know whether this is just kind of like a vertical slice or if this is like their intro or something. Because it doesn't seem attached to um, sort of the, the, the main characters and stuff <laughs> that are in their Kickstarter and on their site. Uh, it's these kind of like one-off characters that um, are there, uh, but it, they do this cool little setting about this girl getting bullied at work and set up for um, uh, a robbery that she didn't commit, so she gets fired. So she's like, you know what? Fuck off! I'm gonna get you killed. I'm gonna use the Corpse Girl website, and so the story kind of spirals out from there. About a good fifty minutes, um, and it it's just kind of neat. Like it's like they do that Hell Girl thing where like like for those that don't know what Hell Girl is, it's basically the same premise except like the the character setup is a bit different. Like the main character of Hell Girl is just kind of this; she is kind of the constant in all of these one-off stories that take place over the course of this. I think it's like a three-season anime series. I think there's a fourth there's so one. Much. God, I know you dropped off in the third one, and I thought the third one actually kind of got decent by the end and then the fourth one everyone was like this is this is complete trash yeah like i think two was like sort of like the high water mark and especially the climax of season yeah, the, two was just amazing it was so good uh, and, and like yeah. when the one-off stories in that series are good they are really fucking good mm. um like just these little revenge fantasies and, and the thing in hell girl is is that like when when they go and kill the person you also forfeit your eternal soul when you die as well so like that's a like like that's sort like uh, but corpse girl doesn't seem to have anything like that yet where there's like a penalty for using the corpse girl website um it's just kind of like you do it they get a photo of their body their the corpse shortly before they die and then that's it um uh, the thing that kind of jumped out at me is just, like, I think that the writing style is, like, 100% super well done. Like, it's it's, it's very... Mm -hmm. uh, there's a tone and attention to detail I, I like to utilize in my own writing. I sort of see my own writing in this writing, I guess. Uh, there's just, mm -hmm. like... Um, That's a good feeling. Yeah, like, there's a real good sort of conversational tone when the character's kind of narrating her journey where, like, she's sort of, like, like, the dialogue and the things you're reading are just kind of like a person speaking rather than somebody trying to write really flowery prose. <laughs> Bitch. I think that's the best text box in any video game ever. Like, she just meets a character, like, in the first line after meeting the character is, Bitch. <laughs> and that's it. That's just the line of, that's the line of inner monologue. It's great. <laughs> 
Um, but I, I think that like it, it's a fun premise, and they did a fun story with the demo. Um, <laughs> and like the production values are really fucking good. It's so pretty. Yeah, like this is just a really, really good looking game. The music's yeah. good. Like it's got a lot of good atmosphere going on. It's and like like you can't trust my word about this game. By the way, because like, I am a shill. I did back their Kickstarter. So, <laughs> and that's the first Kickstarter I've backed in seven years. So, Dope. yeah, you backed it after playing the demo, right? Yeah. Okay. I backed it after playing the demo. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, you were so so you're not really shilling like you didn't have an investment beforehand going in. No, no. But but, but from here on out, you can't trust me. Now you're, you're shilling. <laughs> now I'm <laughs> shilling. Now, now you're shilling. Now you weren't shilling during the stream. Yeah, but now you are. Yeah, yeah. Nick, now is 100% shill mode. Uh, you can't trust the thing I said because now I have skin in the game. So I feel natural antipathy towards a lot of, um, uh, especially VN demos, but just kind of demos in general that come way, way before the release. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're running a Kickstarter um, and you make this and you put out a demo and the demo tells a complete cool one-off thing yeah, yeah, in yeah. its own right, that fucking rules. I love like, that. I think that these folks have their shit together because they successfully kickstarted three games in the past. Uh, I think we are 100% fine. Like this, this demo in and of it, like this demo itself feels just very well together. The, like the, 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 the focus is there. Like they know what they're doing. Like, I think that this is going to turn out exactly the way that I want it to. Uh, not mm-hmm. not not in terms of like whether I think the final story is going to be good or not, but I, like what I I can look at this game and I see the vision they're going for and I 100% believe in it, uh, and yeah. I think that it's a fun concept and I love the writing, so I'm I'm 100% here for it. So uh, if you want to check that out, like the demo is free on Steam, uh, you can just go grab it there. Uh, it's on Itch as well, um, and they they've got a Kickstarter going, which I'm not going to show. Oops, I mentioned it. I'm shilling it. <laughs> Corpse Factory. Yep. Great name. Nope. I, I, th- I wonder if they're going to run into any issues with, like, being confused with Corpse Party. That's where my brain went, yeah. A, lo- a couple people mentioned that on their Kickstarter website, and they, they seemed bewildered by it. Because they either didn't know that that's a thing that existed, which I find hard to believe... Or, yeah. or they just don't think it's going to be an issue. And they also seem to think that this is more Death Note than hell girl which i i didn't get death note vibes from this Hmm. i mean have have they seen hell girl have they seen the premise for that one i mean i don't know like i like like a couple of people have mentioned hell girl and jakoku shoujo on the kickstarter page and i think they either gloss over it or just don't know what the hell that is but it doesn't (laughs) feel like a hundred percent it's not a 100 percent ripoff it's just kind of like it's the same kind of idea um and there is a corpse girl that i think even though she has slightly different look, she still kind of <laughs> she looks kind of like Emma I to me. Some God, people did. Some people. It's one of the first animes I watched. I sent you that. You did. I sent you my. Oh my God. I sent you my season one of Hellgirl. Those 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 mm-hmm. those, those, those those DVD cases were immaculate. I think they did a real great job on the art on those. Oh, they're so pretty. Yeah, oh my God. It, yeah. It's a very pretty set that Funimation did for that series. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so yeah, give, give that a look sometime if you're into kind of really dark stories that are obviously going to be very violent, very ugly. <laughs> uh, with a name like Corpse Factory, you, you'd kind of think so. And 
I'll play another visual novel. I streamed Ooh. a visual novel just just Ooh. just a week oh. ago. I forgot this was coming. <laughs> just a week ago, I stream like John was with me, and there was there was also weirdly enough there was also a goose in that call as well. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I played the new Nom Nom Nami game, Starry Flowers, which is <sighs> a lovely, adorable little tale of cute witch boys falling in love. And my God, I this game kind of like. I don't like. I can't just beat around the bush. I just kind of have to say, right? I it blindsided me in a way where it's just like, I've not played a romance visual novel where I felt that the romance kind of happened naturally and felt like a a, a real tangible growing of two people kind of slowly coming together and these like it and, and the way that uh the main character is like kind of this playboy kind of just like this absolutely charming um ab like he's a fucking adorable peach and i love him to death periwinkle is one of the best written protagonists i think i've ever seen in a visual novel um but this this story just has so much emotional maturity um, and, and deep understanding of, like, relationships and how they can kind of just sort of happen when you're not maybe intending for that to happen. And then, mm -hmm. but also dealing with that stuff, like, in a way where it's just like, yeah, there's kind of a dark middle chapter where, you know, Periwinkle's trying to figure out what's going on here. But it's not like over dramatic to the point to where like I feel in other visual novels this would be like a five hour span of time where the character is just repeating things over and over and being sad mm -hmm. like I feel most romance visual novels go that weird pining route and it's just insufferable um and and this is really just kind of like more real and more mature and like more into the, the, the real world nitty grittiness, but it's viewed through this lens of an artist who has this very soft style that like, like it all meshes together in a way that is unbelievably fucking smart. Um, mm -hmm. Like it, like you've, you found a way to make a character be brooding and going through the shit and trying to figure it out but you didn't take you didn't make the reader feel like shit at the same time it's so cute it's so cute and nice <laughs> yeah like it's like it's you 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 go with this character developing like from like a cute crush to just completely falling in and not realizing it until it's fucking happened and it's the most adorable fucking thing um that yeah like i i I don't know that I'll like like I don't even really read many romance based visual novels anyway because I think that they mm -hmm. all kind of they all kind of have that same thing where the goal is like it's the sex scene whereas these two characters mm -hmm. literally meet and fuck the first night and it's like <laughs> oh okay and they have an intensely sexual relationship over the course of this game like mm -hmm. they hang out a lot they fuck a lot and sort of through all that they kind of grow more attached to one another without realizing it um and it's just a real natural and sweet progression um 
feels very true to life. Yeah, like in because I don't see a lot of in games. Yeah, it's 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 literally a situation that I've found myself in before of just like, oh, this uh, is a fun casual thing. Uh, uh oh, uh oh, oh no, there's a problem. <laughs> there's a problem. <laughs> Gonna lay around and read manga all day. That'll solve it. <laughs> Lay in bed and eat peanut butter out of the jar. That's all you're gonna do for the next two weeks. It's so fucking good. Um, and the, the writing is just fuck. Like it's so snappy. Like goddamn. Like for a four-hour visual novel, it did not feel like four hours. By the time we were finished streaming it, I literally was still super refreshed and everything. By the by, when we when, when we finished reading it, even though it took four fucking hours. Um, I've read through it three times now. That's like, oh crazy to me. Like, yeah. like, yeah, but but there's and it didn't get boring at any point. Like each part of it, I was like, oh, I love the scene. Oh, I love the scene. Yeah, oh, no, it's this were, scene. I love the scene. You, oh, I love the scene. John, John, let's be real here. It was not. It was not that calm at all. We both know it. You were literally <laughs> squawking in my ear for four hours. <laughs> that was John for four hours. <laughs> And it was warranted. <laughs> You're not wrong, but I'm just saying you were literally just honking every two to three minutes. Never stop honking. <laughs> Never stop honking, baby. Are you counting, John? Are you counting this as the third read? I mean, I or think you have three to. Reads and this, I said I street. I I played it once myself. Uh-huh. Um, it took a couple hours. Um, I, I played the whole thing through again with Monty the next, that same day, yeah. that same day I read the whole thing with Monty and we just squealed together. And then like several weeks later, Polly streamed it and I watched okay, the whole so thing. So this was number three. Okay. Yes. The stream yeah. was number three. I was, I was present the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a really, really good VM. Yeah. I think the, I think a big thing for me also is that it's the most like full Nami story I've played. Because she writes a lot of very cute, good, kind of short form yeah. one off games. Where like or, the the, the, the object is, is that confession. Game. Like where it's just like, yeah, you're gonna take you're gonna take an hour or less to get to the confession and the kiss, and then boom, there's your catharsis. Yeah. Like her tears were my light is a very quick, very big story that fit squeezes a lot of big emotions into a small package, which is very cool, but it's like it's going to land very different from when you take the two hours and the 27,000 words to make it land. Yeah. Um, fully. Yeah. Um, contract demon was very cute. Um, and, uh, kind of, and, um, syrup and the ultimate suite, they both kind of were, um, smaller than her tears were my light. So they kind of land a little bit, bit better for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this was just like, okay, we're, we're not having a bunch of roots where it's two people. Yeah. and the people that are orbiting them but it's mostly these two people we're going to live in this world for two to three hours yeah and, and that's just yeah it it just there's nothing that it does wrong i can't like like you usually try to see the good and bad and everything because you don't want to come away ever saying a game is perfect <laughs> because there's there's so very few examples of anything you'd call that but this is a game where i literally can't think of much that i would criticize um I found a typo. <laughs> There's one of the extra scenes, which is um, which is Periwinkle yeah. meeting him for the first time, mm-hmm. and that was like the one time where I was maybe like, okay, this guy is 
at work. Like maybe you can tone it down. Maybe you can dial it back a little, my dude. <laughs> you don't know him yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like the only time where where maybe where like that voice was rang maybe a little mad to me because the yeah. entire rest of the game is just like ex- just perfectly boundary communicating. Yeah, like that's just so literally lovely. the start of their date is setting up some boundaries. Like, what what are we doing here? So like, nice. what like like what are you in for? I'm here to fuck. What about you? Okay, good. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, cool. You know, <laughs> let's not get complicated. You know, so they set up those boundaries uh, on the first date. Yeah, you know, whether you, mm. whereas you like when you get that extra bonus scene of them meeting the first time, it's kind of like okay, dude, you are <laughs> you are at an eleven right now, and I need you to be at like a four. <laughs> so that's like the only time yeah. I, I was actually sensitive about this I was actually se- pretty sensitive about this because I had one friend um, who's just extremely ace who I got to who played it oh I remember and was this. Asked, yeah yeah it was actually like really put off just because Periwinkle is so fucking horny mm-hmm. and I was like but can't you see that this is nice horny <laughs> it's and and I also like the fact that it's not like one character's super horny and the other is like super shy about the mm. horniness. Like, 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 <sighs> hmm. Pastille is very horny. Yeah, Pastille is very horny himself. It's just, he's also just a soft boy. He's just like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like saying the right things or doing the right things will fluster him to the point of just like, you know, the complete embarrassing, the blushing and all that. But it's also just like, that's what I'm here for. Yep. Yeah, like he's totally into it. So it's just like yeah. it's it's two adult characters having an adult relationship whereas I feel a lot of romance visual novels even when they're about adults still feel like it's fucking Juvenile. children. It still yeah. feels like teenagers and it just I like it's why I never buy into it and why it never seems to work for me is because I just feel that like they're trying, like they're trying to make the build up to the f- the confession, the first kiss, and sex like the big thing, the big catharsis. When like you strip most of that out in this game in like the first fifteen minutes, because mm-hmm. that's not the that's not the fun part. That's no. not the interesting part. No, like the the, the fun so and interesting cool. part is like diving through these emotions through the lens of a character who is you know. Like just very clearly a playboy and doesn't want to mm-hmm. settle down and isn't ready for these um, these type of emotions to be hitting in a weird way and then just kind of like, is it okay to embrace that? Like maybe I like should I take that shot? Like maybe it's worth it. And it's 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 such a a really nice progression. I think. Um, mm-hmm. it, like it, like if there, like if there's one thing I could just like if there's one word I could assign to this game, it would just be nice. It's nice. It's so nice. It's so nice and so real. There are just so many moments where I just immediately saw yeah. myself in one of the characters. Yeah. Just like, yep. Like, yeah. I had a lot yep. of moments. I had a lot of moments during that stream where I was just kind of like hovering over the mute button for a couple seconds because I was just going to go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> you got me. You got me. Like, and then they did get me. Real, like, I was not able to mm-hmm. mute. I was not able to mute fast enough. <laughs> That um, ending, hey, that ending credits song. Oh my god! Ooh. Got a big fucking girl in my face right the, now. Just the thinking about fucking, it. The fucking the like for all of this for this game to have come together in three months with the quality, the quality of writing that it has, 
and the quality of its presentation, top to bottom, this is a $40 to $50 visual novel in terms of quality. And it's pff, like what? A few bucks if you want to throw it that way, but I yeah, think you can still. Download. Yeah, you, you can and still you can, just pay nothing you if you want. Pay <laughs> what you want. It's wild to me. Um, like she, like like Nami has completely surpassed like anything in like in that catalog. <laughs> like like even some of like the the the, the bigger moments in, in in Lonely Wolf Tree don't hit the same way. I don't think, and that's not despair. Oh, yeah. I'm not the game. This is the game that I think she was building towards yes. in a lot of ways. This feels like the culmination of everything that these other games have been trying to do or just like the pieces of the puzzle honing each one so that it will fit when the final masterpiece is ready to be unveiled and that's really what and then it just erupted from her yeah in then, one continuous stream over three months <laughs> yeah i like, was possessed by the spirit of these boys yeah like i and and we know what that's like when that creative spirit mm-hmm. just fucking digs in like when it finally takes over and just smacks you in the fucking face um and that's definitely the vibe you get from this game this is a game that's very like like everything that it's putting out there is a hundred percent intended both from the story that it's telling and the enthusiasm with which the story is being told everything comes through in a way that is literally just fucking perfect um and more people need to fucking play this game i think I will post a link in the there chat. There you go. Drop a link in the <laughs> chat for more people to play Starry Flowers. I promise mm-hmm. you. I promise you. It's it's worth your time. And you played it without playing the two games that yeah, um, like I, came from too. Yeah, they came I, from like they were like bit characters yeah, in other games. Like then I, cut into this. No previous experience with anything of uh, Nami's work other than Lonely Wolf Treat at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And I went in and I was able to play this without it because it's it's not really like that. It's not a game that's referencing anything or pulling any lore from anything else other than that these characters exist in this world and they met. Mm-hmm. God, I love all of them. Yeah, they're all great. <sighs> they're all great. I'm just looking over her. I've got I, the big ones left for me are Kaima, which is her like kind of edgy looking RPG with combat in it. Oh, weird. And then another one that, um, and then First Kiss is the Spooky Soiree, which yeah. is one that Periwinkle comes from. Mm. <sighs> Perry Life Winkle is good. The Periwinkle is a snappy dresser. Oh my god, I love him so He's fucking much. So, you get to play dress up with him every chapter too. It's adorable. I think, I think it's very warm and nice that um, like basically my favorite um, depiction of adult horny <laughs> ever <laughs> from the gray ace author i think that rules yeah, i think that's so fucking good yep yep so yeah maybe you're out, when you're outside it a little bit you can get it i think <laughs> that that's sort of second. where it comes from i think that's where it comes from when you're kind of outside that a little bit it's easier to kind of have a perspective that's not really skewed by it or be you know like you don't get lost in the sauce so much mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> thank you for sharing that Molly. thank you for going on that journey yeah it was great you like and if you don't want to read it yourself there's there you can go to the youtube channel poly smps on youtube i i archive 
I archived our stream there, and it was a lovely fucking time. We had a lot of laughs. We had a lot of conversation of Kerr in the chat about whether pineapple works or not. Um, <laughs> a lot of good times. Rhett, before you come over, eat a lot of uh, eat a lot of pineapple, please. Does it work? Yes. Okay. John. Hi. Hey. Um, well, last time I, last time we talked about Devil May Cry because mm-hmm. I play I played Devil May Cry four, and I think I had just gotten to the end of the Roxas section. Yeah. Of <laughs> Devil May Cry four, Mitchell <laughs> eleven, and I basically felt like the whole Nero chunk was like extremely solid yeah. and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Nero is feels great to play as. I think it builds in like a really satisfying way. The chapters are all longer. Yep. Than DMC one and three, so it, honestly, it feels close to being like the same length as like DMC one or maybe even DMC three. Mm. Um, just like this very satisfying arc as it builds to this big explosive confrontation against you know the Pope. Yeah, because uh, what else are you going to be in this these right. games? Right. <laughs> um, so I got there, and then there's the back half or the back third of the game. <laughs> it's not as good, huh? No, uh, no, it. Uh, oh, y'all were very good about keeping it, keeping your, um, not keeping your cards close to your I chest. Was, cause I, man, I was very open. I was like, all right, give it to me. There Don't was, make cry four. I'm ready. There were so many times when you were talking about it. And I was just like, I kept thinking about, just like, man, that back half. Oh, oh no, it's coming. Like I've, I like, I. It was on the tip of my tongue so many times, and I just kept <laughs> biting it. Just like, nope. Nope, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna let this happen and see how and see how the cards fall. And just, yep, they landed exactly as I thought they would. So the thing is, it's only like a third of the game because it goes a lot. It's their shorter, snappier yeah. mission. Yeah. Um, you control D- D- Nero loses and gets absorbed by the final boss, basically, mm-hmm. and then the final boss flies across the island back to the first level, <laughs> and then you take control of Dante, and then you go through all of the levels you've just been through backwards yeah. and you fight the same bosses again. <laughs> it's so transparent. Oh. It's very odd. They do they do a lot. They they change up the structure. Like one of the missions is now you're it's a timed escape sequence. Yeah. As as you're going backward back through this mission. Um they block off chunks of the level. They do um there the one of the levels has been overcome by ice. One of the levels has a teleporter maze in, in it now, which is oh, great. Boy. That's the best one. <laughs> um, and you fight the same bosses again. Dante has his own verb set. Um, it's not as fun as Nero's because nope. Nero is super fun, and I love using his hand. Yep. Um, and this is like okay, it's like DMC three, and you get like a couple. You get like weapons from all the bosses, yeah. and you get to use you get to use some of them for like one level. Yeah. It's just like, all right, now we're going to take DMC3 and like shrink it down. It's all levels you've seen before, and it's worse. Um, I love seeing, I love the contrast between Nero and Dante's voices because Nero is broody boy mm-hmm. and Dante is like, is in full Dante mode. Dan- no, Dante is still edgy teenager. Dante is edgy teenager, but he's like very confident and very goofy. Yeah, yeah. And like, like he was in three, and yeah. I really love that. And I it's a love night- that playfulness. Yeah, it's it's very playful. Yeah, like when he's just sitting on the boss's tail, <laughs> catching on fire, and then mocks him. He, he's just like when he meets just, when he meets Phantom and Devil May Cry one. He's just standing there bumping him on the head, just while he's talking to him casually. It's 
so good. He's so Dante's cool. attitude is so good and important to these games, and yeah. it would be tragic if that was ever sucked out of any of them. <laughs> Um, and all those, also those very cute, good boss interactions, where even all the bosses have like their own personality, and they bounce off Dante in cute, fun ways. Mm-hmm. It's like very, li- it's a very little thing, but you don't realize how much it contributes unless you like. I don't know if it wasn't present in one of these games, which yeah. would be bizarre, weird. Um, and then so you get to the end, and there's like a really bad boss fight um, with Dante, where where it's just like a giant set piece boss that just doesn't really make sense you're like jumping around on these platforms yeah. around this god floating in the sky and it's it just doesn't work no. i was so confused everything else is so clearly communicated and it got to this point and i was just adrift yeah. for 20 minutes trying to figure <laughs> it out i definitely remember like oh it's time to go to youtube to figure out what the fuck i'm supposed to do here <laughs> I, like when i played through it a friend of mine had the strategy guide so i was like hey throw me that strategy guide <laughs> Okay, good. Because part of it is that you have to shatter all of these gemstones strewn about his body, but like they very clearly shatter. Yeah. But then if you hit them a bunch more times, then they break off completely. Yeah. And I didn't realize that. I it's thought I just badly, had to break them. It's badly communicated. Yeah. It's just something broke down and they didn't have enough time to play test it. Yeah. Um, and then you get two stages with Nero. It's like, okay. We had the cute little Dante intermission. It was over pretty quickly. I'm still on board. So now let's have a really satisfying climax with the character I actually am really invested in. And then the last two stages are really bad. Yeah. I honestly, I I played this game. I don't remember anything past, like, the, the silly set piece boss. Yeah. The, like, it, I just blanked the rest of it out in my memory. It's so well, weird. It's just a fucking nothing burger. DMC three, like the last level, basically is like the Mega Man two teleporter hatches, where you just go to all the bosses yeah. and fight them again, and it sucks. Yeah. And then you have great. two big bosses, where you yeah. have the big set piece boss with the main villain, and then you have the one on one with Virgil, which rules. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's obviously not as good as one as one, and anybody that likes three more than one is wrong. Um, and <laughs> in Cameo, we trust. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I'm, I'm I'm very kidding. Um, three feels so good, yeah. and I think that's reason enough on its own. And and I think the writing in three is really cool and strong. Oh, yeah, it, it stays that. good. Mm-hmm. But but one's my favorite still. Um, that's fine. I think Devil May Cry one is great. Like I have no problem with Devil May Cry one. Like I think that yep. game's still great. Like despite the fact that I, like I will be the one that says like I think that camera is absolute balls at times. I still th- <laughs> I still think that game is fantastic i love the resident evil texture that's like that's like the thing with dmc1 that makes me kind of like it more than bayonetta yeah i kind of figured that much is that it it definitely has those leftovers from being a resident evil game so tasty and and they they still have those in four and three which i love um um so but for so three's climax three's climax was already something that i was a little bit like okay um this is good enough i'm satisfied with this mm-hmm. um and then four is the fucking it was just an extended dice board game section again because <laughs> the first one was there and it's really it's boring, boring and then dante and, gets it, and then dante slices the die and yeah. like fuck this i'm not uh, doing that i'm not and it's so it. satisfying it's such a great moment mm-hmm. But then they bring it back anyway for the last level. 
it's just a dice thing where you where you fucking roll a die and it takes like 10 seconds and then the the board rolls around the page and then you either get health and it takes forever or you fight a gauntlet of enemies or you get to progress to the next area Mm. it sucks yeah and then what do you do between each section of the board game boss reface yeah in you don't and they're not and you teleport to the original arena you fought them in. It's not even like specific fucking arenas for the fucking refis. Uh, no, here's the the same fucking video game room that you were in some hours ago. Because like because like one does that cool thing where you get sucked into like the weird worm and yeah. then you fight like a silhouette of the of the boss yeah. and it has like half as much health. Yeah, that's and it's cool. like yep, I love this. This is cool. Uh, and then this, and it's like stretched out over the last like two or three levels, yeah. like two or three mi- over like two or three missions. This is just like fight a bunch of these in a row with awful board game sections in between. It's just, and then it's just literally, it's just literally capsule fights in Mega Man. <laughs> Fucking capsule fights in Mega Man, man. <gasps> what a sin Ugh. in the game on the world. In a game where you already backtracked and fought all those bosses. Yeah! In a game where you already fought them all again. It's absurd. Um, And, like, I'm okay. I like boss free fights when they're, like, paced out in yeah. a way that makes sense. Like, I, Mega I, Man I 1! Mega Man X1! Mega Man X1! Mega Man 1! Devil May Cry 1! Yeah. They all do a good job. They all do a good job um, of just sprinkling them in. Mm-hmm. And it's actually exciting when you do it like that. But when that. you just slam they- me into a room with a couple of teleporters that, and then throws me into the same fucking room again with the same fucking fight, I'm just like, fuck out of here. You're just wasting my fucking time. Like, I can't stand it when Mega Man still does it. Like, I think that, like, yeah. Mega Man 11, like, the end of that game is garbage because they do it again. And, like, anything, <laughs> like, I can't stand refights like that. It's just, they go, it's tradition at this point, even though the first mm-hmm. game didn't do it. And then it's Mega funny. Man, at least in Mega Man 2, the fights are over in like 20 seconds. Yeah, And then, they... then you get to like Mega Man X, and the bosses take like two like two minutes or yeah. plus. So the boss refight rooms take like 20 minutes. Oh, God. I think in Mega Man 2, it made sense because it was about, now you can use all the weaknesses and like Metal Man versus Metal Man is like a one hit kill. Yeah. Yes. Like you, you can't even do that the first time. <laughs> it makes more sense in Mega Man than it does in like Devil May Cry three, but it's still yeah. I still think pacing it out across the climaxes makes no, a lot I'm more definitely. sense than throwing it at you in one big fucking blob. And the, and the and the worst part is after all of that, all those boss fights, one form final boss that is mostly just a recapitulation of the yeah. final boss from the first chunk of the game. Yep. You just fight the Pope again, and he's barely different. <laughs> you fight the Pope. Yeah. And he, d- he has one form. <laughs> yeah. And then there's, there is, then you think the game's over, and then it's like, actually, no, there's one more boss fight, but then it's a quick time event. Yeah. And you're oh like, my god. <laughs> it's dire. It's yeah, bleak. It's, man. It, I, I can't imagine having a more disappointing Devil May Cry experience. <laughs> yeah, I can't either. No, Devil May Cry 4, like, again, that stretch from that first Nero chunk is two-thirds of the game, and I thought it was fucking yeah. great. Yeah. I loved it. Um, And, like, I was disappointed in how the game wrapped up, but I still had was having fun throughout the Dante sections, and it really wasn't just kind of the 
very end being a a, a whiff whiff. Yeah. Um, that kind of made me feel like, oh, well, all right. <laughs> this one's this one's probably not essential. No. This came out within a year of Bayonetta. That's bleak. God, Bayonetta's good though. Bayonetta's yeah, so like good. that game had its head on its shoulders. I mean, talk about a game that does not with its climax. No, uh-huh. not like, at the all. The last like couple hours of that game are just pure bliss. Yeah. Yeah. If you are playing <laughs> the end of Bayonetta and you are not like laughing your ass off and having a good time, like you are joyless. <laughs> it's so good. It's so fucking good. Like the, that the end like... goal of all media is to um have in it have the same level of excitement and catharsis as a Sonic Adventure climax, and Kamiya games do that every time. And, and punch God into the sun. Yes. <laughs> God, it's so fucking choice. Um, I immediately played Devil May Cry two after that. Oh, good. <laughs> Complete the good. saga. Good. You got to go back. You got to clean it up. Like you just got to know, right? I got to know. I played one. I played three. I played four, and I was like, okay. I'm not gonna. If I played one, two right after one, and it was really bad, I was worried it would maybe knock me off the series. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go into three and get kind of committed fully. Sure. Um, and at this point, I am committed fully, so it's like, okay, I can have a bad DMC experience and still love Devil May Cry, and right. I'll be fine. Um, nobody likes this game. <laughs> no, like this. This game people is, that made it. The people that made this game don't like. Like this game is rightfully maligned. It's dire yeah um i i didn't go into it expecting it to be good i didn't expect it to be like not i didn't go into it expecting like oh i'm gonna find the secret diamond in the rough and people just didn't (laughs) understand it i was like this is probably gonna be bad but it's also has a very short how long to beat and long to lay and i can just knock it out and then i'll know Hmm. um and the level it the level of badness that it reaches was not one that I had considered it would reach. <laughs> oh no! It's when did you hit the oh no point? Um, probably like the first or second level when I just cleared out an entire set piece of enemies by sitting there and holding fire. Yeah, yeah. I just well, I, well, no, I was mashing the fire button because in all the other Devil May Cry games, you have to press you the fire button press over it. and over to keep <laughs> yeah. shooting. In DMC too, you can just hold it and it'll continuously yeah. fire the gun. Yeah, I didn't realize that until I pushed an eight. Um, I wonder. I wonder what the original version of this looked like before. It was it Itsuno came on mm-hmm. to kind of write the chip, and he went on to do DMC three. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wonder. I, I just wonder what kind of concessions they made. Like, just make just take out the gun reload. It's the only thing you can actually reasonably use, or whatever. Like, oh. how much worse was yeah, this? Yeah, like, point? like I want to see and know the status of this game when he ha- he was pulled in to like, dude, somebody has to try and salvage this because it's so bad. The finished product is so the finished bad. product is misery. I remember when this game came out that it was literally sold out everywhere. It was that fucking oh anticipated. I t- it took me a week to get a copy, and I was bummed. So when I got the game, and I finally slapped that fucking thing into my PS2, and an hour later, I was having no fun. Oh I was just... Be- like, I felt my entire worldview changing. <laughs> Where How- were the... Re- 
Boy, there must not have been much internet back then. Like, where were the reviews or the people? The reviews being like, were praising it. Oh my god! Ooh. This was a, like this is a game that like I don't want to be that person, but when you are a journalist on a short schedule to review a lot of games, you're probably glad when something super easy like Devil May Cry Two comes along and makes you feel like you're good at video games. <laughs> Just keep shooting. Just keep shooting. And uh, I remember this game reviewing very well at the time. Oh my god, <laughs> hilarious! I mean, that's the, that's like the one thing you can say for it is that it goes down quick. Like you don't you don't like get stuck on event there is flagging. No resistance. You don't, you don't get stuck on any of the bosses. No. Nope. You don't get stuck on anything, and and it's short, so you just chew through it very, very, very quickly. Yeah. Which you really don't want for a fifty dollar game. No. You know, yeah. Not at all. It's shitty. God, I guess that, maybe that's the only thing Itsuna was able to do is like it's not broken. Like, yeah, it doesn't break in your hands. You can play this beginning <laughs> to end on both discs and you will have played a video game. I can't oh. believe D DMC2 for PlayStation 2 has a 68 on Metacritic. That's that's way too that's high. That's way higher than I. That's way too Th high. 13 positive reviews, 24 mixed and three negative I did have a friend that was. I did have a friend that was just like, you know, it's like there's not really anything about it that's like concretely worse than the first game. It's just like it had all the joy sucked out of it, and I oh, okay. was kind of thinking like, no, no, that's I can point at seventeen I, different things. Yeah, like I could, yeah, I could write you a paper on everything that is absolutely terrible about this game. There's, like, no sound effect when your sword passes through an enemy. There's no impact. The enemy doesn't, like, react at all. No, everything mm. just feels mushy. Mm. The, except the guns. When you shoot something with a... They, they will not they, recoil from your sword attacks, but they will they recover. They will recoil from gunshots. shooting them with a gun. Yeah. And the yeah. gun is effortless. It's, there's a constant auto-target. It's, like, a really aggressive auto-target. Aggressive target. Target. Yeah. Like, you cannot fuck up just shooting. <laughs> Which is funny because sometimes you have to hit switches to progress the stage <laughs> and then you can't aim at the switch yeah. because you'll be aiming at any enemies in the room. So you have to go clear out enemies so that you can hit the switch. Or you like position yourself with the switch between you and the enemy and then maybe you can hit it. <laughs> it feels so bad. <gasps> um, often enemies will get like, you'll shoot You'll just, Dante tar auto targets aggressively, so you just hold shoot, and then Dante will fire at something off screen, and you'll see a little enemy health bar pop up in the corner, and it drizzles down to zero, and then it's like, well, I have cleared played, that enemy. I have played a, like, a $5 character action game that plays and feels way better than Devil May Cry 2. Just, like, and if this small indie company, I believe in, uh, where were they at? Anyway, the game is called Marlow Briggs. Oh, right, right. And this game was like $5 or some shit, and it's a character action game, and it feels better than Devil May Cry 2. Oh, it's so bleak. There's just, there's no, there's no game design. No. There's no puzzles. They took out all the puzzles, even. Yeah. Oh, so like you're, well, I love it now. <clears throat> there, so there's no, so there's no, like, Resident Evil-isms, even. It's just fighting and then the fighting is nothing. Yeah, it's just like, run to yeah. this square, shoot some enemies, run to this next square, shoot some enemies. Oh my god, the fucking tank, where they have, oh like, god. where the tank 
it's a tank. And all it can do is shoot out of its tank front. So you just get up in just, front of it. Yeah. And then it shoots directly over your head because you're close to it and they, underneath the tank thing. They, and then it takes a minute to kill it because it has such a giant health bar. And then they put four of them in a row. They didn't play. They didn't play the PS2 Shinobi games where you fight helicopters and tanks as with a sword, and it feels really fucking good. Oh, I need to play that game and wash the taste of this one out of my mouth. Yeah. Um, Dante doesn't banter. No. At all. No. Almost no. He doesn't talk really at yeah. all. <laughs> like, there's the, all the dia- All the bosses have like no dialogue too. Um, so there's no personality to any of it. Mm-mm. There's none of that joy of the story. There's none of that joy from the story. There's none of the joy from the fighting. None of the joy from exploring. Um, I, I got to the end and I was so bummed because I just realized it does not air. You finish with Dante and there's just an absolute nothing burger ending. Yeah. And then I realized like, oh God, you have to there's, and there's no credits. It just goes straight to the tile screen. I realized I, I need to play the other route, have, don't I? You have to play Lucia. I didn't finish this I didn't finish this game unless I play the other route, and then I play the other route, and it is shorter, thank God. Yeah. Um, not that the, f- the first route was long or anything. I just wanted it to be over quicker. Yeah. Um, and it is mostly, like, new levels and even some a lot of new bosses. But not that it matters cause no, there's no because there's no game to time. Yeah, like, there's nothing here making this a fun or engaging experience for the player. Mm-hmm. And then I start playing as her, and then she can, instead of shooting a gun, she throws knives, and she throws them very fast, and they deal a lot of damage. She has infinity <laughs> of them, and they make enemies recoil and float into the air. Can you hold down the button? Yep. And you hold down the button. Beautiful. And you get to the very end of the game, and, like, there's a big, pretty cool final boss design where, it, like, earthquakes open the street and is, like, hovering in the... is, And you're, like, in this crevice fighting this boss that's, like moving around on the wall above you mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to describe but it actually looks it's a really cool effect there are a couple of very cool looking bosses and then i just walked back and forth holding the shoot button yeah. and i killed it yeah. and that's the end of the game yeah. it's it's <laughs> bleak man <laughs> you can continue you can uh, the the very final dante fight was actually a little hard uh, and that's when i found out that you can just continue right where you left off unlike you know, DMC one where you actually right. have to do the whole mission. You again. have to do the mission again. They bring back Phantom. For, oh like, no! Oh no! Poor Phantom. And it's and it's tragic. Oh. It, it made me sad because he doesn't talk. Nope. He doesn't attack you basically, and then he dies, and it's like this very whiffle. He just kind of fades into fades into the yeah. air, and he's like the end. He's like the last boss before the climactic level. Like it's supposed and to be this big throwback moment. It's so fucking hype, oh God. and they do nothing with it. Mm-hmm. And I and I was laughing my ass off at this joke in my head, but I felt like the end of one flew over the cuckoo's nest, where I just wanted to put a pillow over Phantom's face. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I was about to say, and after this, Phantom threw himself off a building. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm so sorry, friend. You got think done the, dirty, my dude. Think of the rabbits. Think of the rabbits. <laughs> think of the rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> so... It is all right. The best, the nicest thing I can say for this, um, it shares a composer with the MC One, which two, which the later games do not. No, um, I think that there are moments where 
when there's no enemies on screen, you're just kind of traversing through a space for a second and the music's playing. And it's like, hey, this reminds me of the atmosphere of DMC one in a way that three and four don't. Mm. And that's and it's like a night and there's like a nice flash of, of, of endorphins. And that happened like two or three times. Mm. Um, and that was it. <laughs> that was all I had. <laughs> um, there's a boss where his thing, he's like a super cool Yakuza guy. And he'll, and he spawns enemies in the room to attack you. And his thing is that he'll like teleport to the, to the side of the room and sit on a table and sip his drink. And it's like, oh, this would be really cool in a game where with any tension. If there was accident, and he's just sipping his drink while you wail on him and cut off a third of his health bar. Oh my god. <laughs> It's like, no, this, this isn't giving the effect you wanted. He just seems really lazy. And um, and oh, my God, this is as bad. Well, no, uh, I feel like this is more thoroughly a disaster than I anticipated from a famously bad sequel. Yeah, this is so completely and utterly devoid of any merit like, this or is joy like, whatsoever. It is a like, nothing game. You have to go into something like this. Like when I feel like when you are super galaxy brained people like us that look at video mm-hmm. games the way they should be looked at, you go into a game like this and you have okay. There is no something. Po- there's no possible way a game could be as bad as the Discord around the discourse around it makes yeah. it sound. This game has been trashed since the very day it came out by the actual people that play the video game. And it's just like, how could it possibly be that bad? And this is one of those very rare instances, because I don't think that these instances hold up as much as people think they do. But this is one of those rare instances where it really is as bad as they say. Like the only comparable video game experience I I, I can even think of was playing through Sonic Forces. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Rhett. Well, you know you haven't played Sonic 06 yet. I that, think I am positive Sonic 06 is better than Sonic that Forces. Game, I mean, that game is a delight for a lot of reasons. Like you can act yeah, like I mean, uh, the thing with Devil May Cry 2 is that it's one of those games where it's bad, but it's also not bad in a way that I can actually sit here and enjoy what's happening. You can't sift, you can't, Sonic 06, it like, there's three routes, and then at the end of it, you're all in space together fighting a boss as this big orchestral redoing of the title theme plays. Yeah. And, like, that's something. And the you can get, ass, you get something out of it. The dumbass things that are going to happen to you because the game is such a buggy mess over the course of a Sonic 06 playthrough, you're going to laugh at this shit because you know going in that you're not going to be, you're not playing a finished product. You're not going to be bored playing Sonic 06. You will be engaged. You will be laughing. It will be a good time. I promise you. With Devil May Cry 2, it's just fucking, there's no soul. There's nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're right. I think it is a better compare. Sonic Forces is a better comparison there because both games function, but they have nothing interesting no, to say. Not a big vision, really. Where Sonic 06 has a vision, but it's just literally not finished. Yeah. You will not get girl, <laughs> 12 year old <laughs> kissing the hedgehog in Devil May Cry 2 for Sonic Forces. Exactly. The thing about DMC2 is this, there's that Kamiya tweet. Itsuno, Itsuno joined DMC2 to rescue it from crisis, but it was too late. It was too late. Even if I were him, I couldn't have done better than he did. Like, 
the director of DMC One is saying this game is a crisis. <laughs> it was a it, 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 and he failed to save it from crisis, and I could would have failed not, too. I could not yeah. have done it. I could not have done better. It was yeah. that bleak. <laughs> like when the creators are like, "Wow, this was bad." <laughs> like it's fine. You don't have to defend this one. <laughs> so that. That was my the, DMC2 experience. Yeah, the right. Metacritic reviews for this game are so funny. <laughs> a lot of the websites are good down now because, you know, 2003. It's 2003, right. NTSC UK says, one of the most disappointing sequels in gaming history. Yeah. I remember, there's only three negative reviews. That's one of them. But then the positive ones, GamePro says... What's really missing is the intense edge-of-your-seat close-quarter combat that made the first game so arresting. 80 out of 100 score. 80 out of 100 still. We still gave it a 4 <laughs> out of 5. Play Magazine! Yeah. Lucia's the... Tale Alone, a cruel sonnet of self-realization wrapped in a story seeped Get and steeped in religious overtones is reason enough to buy this game. Oh my god! 100 out of 100 score. Oh. They gave it the their highest score, like five it, out of five. They gave it. They gave it a one hundred percent. Lucia's story, like there's a there's a thing there, like if like that's honestly like if we're gonna compare with Sonic Forces, sure, oh, like maybe that is what would put it over the edge for me. But it's like <laughs> it, it is. There's no personality or joy to it, and the the dramatic moments land with a big thud because yeah. there's just it's a skeleton of an interesting story. There's not actual. Mm the the good shit isn't there there's no meat there's no there's no substance to how it's presented yeah i don't think it's worthy of praise for that alone basically oh <laughs> it, it's not the like everybody's complaining about the camera and i'm like that's that, not yeah, no that's not that's not really game. the problem that's here. not the problem like i get it, it it's not great but it's not is that there, is like not literally why, half that, of these mention the camera is, in their main thing? Oh my! That is not the fucking reason this game is bad, or it feel, or the reason that it feels bad. Why do enemies react on gun but not sword? That's backwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we could talk about. I know. I think we could. We think we could talk about how awful Devil May Cry Two is forever. We could. Like, we literally I, could, and Rhett could join in, and it would still be valid, even though he's never played it. <laughs> No, we just we just stream it. The yeah, there thing. we go. We're gonna stream Devil May Cry two uh, next week. We're not gonna do that. <laughs> no, we're not. I don't want to play this game no. ever again. No, I. Yeah, like that game is like I don't even know where my copy of that game is. I just, right. I remember I got like I just remember, like I know I threw it in my closet shortly after buying it. Oh my god. Because I, I, I finished it literally two days later, and I remember I'm pretty damn sure I just hucked it in a closet, and I don't know, like, and I've not been in the same place since, yeah. so I don't even know that I have that game anymore. Who cares? Who you fucking cares? God. You should have gone to GameStop and just been like, I don't care, give me 20 bucks back for it, or whatever. Yeah, Ten, like, that, anything. Uh, just give me anything. Just take it. Just take it. Yeah. Like I, you, you don't even have to pay me. Here, just take it. <laughs> the curse has been transferred. Yeah, the, the Alundra two. <laughs> the Alundra two curse. <laughs> I've got um, 
I have DMC Devil May Cry. Um, I'm excited for that one. DMC, I think the vibe. Devil, I think the vibe that, looks fun. When you play that, let me know. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll play it through with you. Cool. Because because yeah, I, like people really. I, I th- that's a fun a fun thing about play, about um playing Devil May Cry is that you get a lot of people's Devil May Cry opinions yeah. in your mentions. Oh my god, that's <laughs> oh, man, man, man. I I don't have time for most DMC Devil May Cry opinions. If I'm being mm-hmm. honest. <laughs> But I, I heard at least two people who are like, or at least one person who is, well, I like, I, I, I think DMC Devil May Cry is even worse than two. And I'm like, oh, I know. There's no fucking Can't way. Be. No. Absolutely no, no way in hell. fucking way. I've played a bit of that game, and I know that it is, in its first three stages, better than anything in Devil May Cry 2. Mm-hmm. I believe it, and I like the I like the attitude. I like the idea of edgy teenager hot topic. I'm fine um, with it. Who swears? Like, like that sounds great. It's just an Americanization of what Dante is in Japan. Yeah, it's, it's just it's cute. Like, and if people don't like that, because then it's now it's associated with them because it's coming from a Western developer and it's a Western take mm-hmm. on it. It's like, yeah, this is what you look like, you edgy teenager. Oops, they don't like <laughs> it when you point that out. <laughs> And obviously, maybe, and like, I can see it failing on its own terms. Sure. Like, that's okay. But I, yeah. the terms that it wants to invite me along on, I'm completely here for. Yeah. And five, everyone loves five. So I'm here. And I can yeah. play as Nero again in five. Oh, God, he's so fun. I'm pretty Excellent. sure in DMC, you have a grapple like Nero. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, 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 and the, the arm stuff in DMC five is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Also, four has the hottest wife. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. I, okay. We knew that was coming. We knew that was coming. <laughs> that was very funny when you went like, I knew it! I knew I it! I knew it! The moment you booted that game up, I knew that, well, there's John's type. It's like 25 seconds in. Like 25 seconds. <laughs> yeah. I counted in the long play before time to wife. <laughs> time to wife. There she is! <laughs> there it is. Yep. She sings. She's cute. She's a priestess. She's like, mm. she's probably they, they, a good... she and Nero like re- obviously like each other in oh, a really yeah. cute way. Yeah. When he when she's when he's late to her thing, but then and then she looks over and you expect him to not be there, but then he is there. He made it in time to hear her sing, and you're like, <laughs> well, I'm invested completely, body and soul in this. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. life is good. Yesterday, me and Rhett found somebody that just retweeted a lot of good anime girls. And we just, like, went down their feed for, like, 20 minutes DMing each other. Oh, my God. (laughs) That is the cutest thing! On Saturday night. This feed was just nonstop Fate, Ruby, Simple Gear, and Ganyu from Genshin Impact. Oh, my God. Just banger after banger. That's... They call him Banger because you want to bang him, right? Is that, I mean, is that how so that works? Okay, I sent you a tweet, Polly. Okay, and then they would like, and then they would like work in like little oh extra like cut cuts. Oh, dear like there would be the gra- like a really nice one of the Gravity Rush girl. And I'm like, oh, I know that Red likes her a lot. Man, man, oh man, this is that one, Asuna? This one's oh shit. no, <laughs> <laughs> this one's good. Yeah. Oh man. Just completely distract Polly for the podcast. Hey, I'm just oh, this girl's front line. Y'all can do the rest of this episode. We'll be nice. John with the reverse image search very quickly. 
I got a plugin <laughs> that lets me do that now. I just right click it and I'm like, boom, image search. Oh, that retweet, man. Sauce now. Gorals. <laughs> Mine? Gorals. I don't even remember. Yeah, it was one of your recent retweets. <sighs> Life is good. Yeah, it I'm was great, really. dude, Polly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's very wholesome. It's very, very wholesome. Oh, that one, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think we're... Uh... Hold on. I'm, gonna... <laughs> I'm just going to look at the tab one more time. Oh, Perfect. Jesus fucking Christ. That's so much. That's so much. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Woo! There's uh... a new one. There's what... She's getting her own folder. <laughs> It's Girl's rare that that happens these again. days. Is that a gotcha? Of it's, course it is. Of course, of course it's a gotcha. gotcha. Look, it's Just... rare. It's rare that a girl gets her own folder these days. Because <laughs> I don't save images anymore. I ain't got fucking time to worry about it. Because I'm going to see something else a day later. So, you know, she's reached Mona level where I've got a folder. I got a it's been folder. 30 seconds. I got it. Well, I saw. Listen, I listen, saw an interview listen. with um. Mona? I saw an interview with like the president of MiHoYo, uh-huh. uh and I or or like a very lead figure there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and he was literally saying like, other competitive games make you pay money so that you can, um, become get competitive advantages in the game. We decided that where the money, where the what where what really connects with people is paying for girls that they like. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you just said yeah, that in, just on like the that nose, in an interview. Just like people pay for the ability to feel connect a connection with oh a lady that they like. Like something like saying it like this very flo- beautiful sounding way. It's like, yep, yeah, correct. That's that's why you have this town to a fucking science now, yep. everybody. But like nobody's playing the game as devious as Genshin is right now. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they've got this locked down. They have a style that is, whew, very targeted. Even though I, I'm sure that it's not. They didn't go, man. I bet we could get Polly with that. Because I'm not. <laughs> I'm still not going to play your dumb game. I know what it is. You're not going to get me. But I am going to. I know. Save... It's like Breath of the Wild. Ew. But I'm going to save a lot of images from it. A lot. Believe you me. No, believe me, though. Mona got a folder just as fast. (sighs) Look, man. Body stockings stockings are going to do it almost every time. I feel like I've really just developed an appreciation for, like, the art of of this. this The art of of creating this kind of horny. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's so much more than, like, just... You know, like a, a a sexy swimsuit or whatnot. There's right. just this whole yeah. science to it that's fascinating to me. Like every just, detail oh. of this girl has been labored over to make her the most appealing. <laughs> um, and <sighs> that's how these things roll. That's it how works. they roll. They've they've created. They they have stumbled upon a dark science that we like a forbidden girl. alchemy a forbidden alchemy it's it's i feel uh, like toho is still kind of the blame to ever all of this i think so the, because toho there's a toho for everybody mm-hmm. yeah and that's and not toho, even and toho is not even like horny no it, it's yeah. pure like appeal that's like divorced from that yeah it's, but you still like but they have found them. a way to capture that 
and then mix in horny. And then and then fucking crossbreed it with horny. Yeah. And, and then <laughs> to create this unholy chimera. And then dump it's in like, a yeah. whole vat of capitalism behind it. <laughs> oh, it's I look, you can you can focus in on how on how twisted it is, which it obviously is. It is, it is. But you can still appreciate the artistry. <laughs> I the, the amount of art being generated every day is I, just unreal. Look, man. This is one of those times where I'm like, I spent 10 years looking at images from gacha games that I don't give a shit about. I am not going to care about any of these characters. I am now, for having endured 10 years of Twitter and, 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 and the constant posts of, of, of games or characters that I didn't care about, mm-hmm. it's, it's my time to shine. It's my turn to savor... It, it's my turn to enjoy this last supper. <laughs> this is such a this is ten minutes of great content. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that it's staying. <laughs> Absolutely, it has, it has to stay because I've got a transition. I watched the uh, Uma Musume, the Horse Girl anime. Yes. That that also has a gotcha game. Horse girls, horse girls. Oh, you mean that horse girl anime? I have to say it like that, or people will think that I like it, and that'll be cringy. <laughs> okay, so go for it. Rhett. This one's gonna be a bit of a journey. <laughs> In two thousand, oh my god, I almost said two thousand eight because oh. we're old. Two thousand eighteen, there was an anime called Uma Musume, Pretty Derby. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it did the thing that a lot of anime around the time were doing, where take concept, make it all cute girls. Right. Like, one show where it's, like, a gun club, where, like, all the girls are guns. Yeah. Like, so this was, they take, like, racehorses, and they make them all the cute girls. <laughs> it's, oh, man. This it's is so just, weird it, to me. It's so <laughs> Goofy. Everyone just immediately mocks the shit out of it in the West, at least. I'm sure it was probably pretty like, popular in Japan. It's whatever. so... Like, I don't... Under, like, okay. Okay. I can't fully comment on this because I've... Like, oh. we'll get into it. I've only watched two episodes of this show. Yeah. But what I watched was, like, there are no- normal people that aren't horse people. Yeah. And then there are horse girls who seem to only race for the non-people's enjoyment. Yeah, and that feels really fucking weird to me. Greg, can you just tell us if the horse girls are like enslaved? Or like, is that like rights? I don't? Oh god, it's so weird. Do the horse girls have rights, Rat? <laughs> it's they don't. <laughs> not... <laughs> you didn't answer right away. There's no straight answer to this. <laughs> the horse girls don't have rights. Oh no. Okay, so. I was setting up though is that I didn't okay. watch season one when it aired. Okay. Three years later, hey, there's a second season now, and mm-hmm. immediately the buzz around it is way more positive. Like Ooh. I'm hearing people saying, "Oh, season two, it's actually it's really good now." Blah blah blah. And then of course in my feed, I see start seeing, you know, the explosion some, of fan art. No, no, you know, some animators from Simfo Gear worked on season two. Oh, well, there so, you go. Yeah. So, so it's like. <laughs> It's high expectations. And then, like, right as I was starting to watch it, then the 
explosion of fan art has started to occur. This literally, I saw, I started seeing horse girls on my feed out of nowhere, and I didn't know that this was a thing. Polly is being inundated with this. I was just, what is this? That's the thing. It's like season one did not hit like this. Like, I never heard of it. Like, I never saw piece of fan art one. Yeah. When season one, like, I didn't know about this show until literally Monday of last week. <laughs> Which is probably, like, right when season two ended. God. Or maybe a couple weeks after. But, uh, so season two is getting some traction. Yeah, I start seeing, like, I follow artists who are generally known for Love Live and Symphogear, and they're all turning to drawing horse yeah. girls now. Yeah. These arti- this artist I follow who is, like, only ever drawn Hibiki fucking starts drawing rice shower and i'm like okay well, okay this person every- has good taste oh extremely good taste but it's just weird watching like everyone make this pivot at once it's so wild it's just so out of nowhere this is like the bowsette thing but weirder <laughs> because it's horse girls because it's horse girls <laughs> like i can wrap my brain around bowsette to some degree but then, you, like, horse girls are literally everywhere. And it's just like, we did, like, there was already a pony show that's got a bad stigma around it. What's going on here? Is this a new model? Like, it's I been thought, just long enough that when everyone... I saw this, I thought, like, is this like the, 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 the when they did a Japanese Powerpuff Girls um, oh anime? Was, like, is this the My Little Pony anime or something? Oh like, God. I really <laughs> thought that's what this was. And then Red explained to me, like, no, it, like, it was supposed to be an anime for a phone game. Then they delayed the phone game. Okay, yeah, and- that's what I was going to say next is that apparently, so I start watching season one after all this hype has been built up. And the very first things is the Psy Games logo. Yep. And I think, oh, I, they're the developers of Grand Blue Fantasy, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is the Did 20th. lost. Hmm? Sorry. Also, Dragalia lost. Like, oh, I, I, okay. See, I didn't know that one. Doesn't matter. I just, I, I had a bit of yeah. gotcha trivia that I was going to share. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, it's important that they are a gotcha company, kind of first yes. and foremost. But then they did this anime about horse girls with no gotcha game, mm. because what I found out later is that there was a game in 2018 that they went, no, this isn't good enough, <laughs> and have been retooling it for like three and a half years. Holy shit! To make the perfect horse gotcha game. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have the perfect horse gotcha game. The starry flowers of horse of horse gotcha. Yes, the st- <laughs> the so, undertale of horse racing game. <laughs> so season two is really their second attempt at a vehicle to move the gotcha game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, so I think this explosion in popularity, it's not because season two is better. It's because it has a gotcha to go with it now. Yeah, like these characters, uh, like you can own these characters now. You oh can feel boy. an attachment to these characters now. It's you like, can have them kick you in the face. Oh, good. Can you <laughs> actually? No, there's a video of one of the Hololive girls playing this game, and then she wins a race, and the horse girl runs up and like does a literally does a does drop a drop kick, kick into the camera. <laughs> See, like I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that in 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 GIF form, but it was of of Cherno doing it. Huh. So, so of course, now you've made it. You're getting Toho parodies. Yeah. <laughs> so, the show. The se- season one is, it's fairly basic story-wise. and th- So, this is where the whole, like, do they have free will start- stuff starts to come up. <laughs> where the story in season one is that 
It follows. So these are all based on real horses. So they yeah. all have real weird it's, names. They they all have weird names, and it, they all have real world lore behind them. Yeah, and some of them died on the racetrack because yeah. they broke their leg. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> they were euthanized on the spot. It's <laughs> oh. the funniest one for me. <laughs> the, the, the anime girl horses. <laughs> it's so tragic. So season one, uh, they ride around that pretty. There are no horse girl euthanizations. Yeah. So the main character in season one is a is a girl named Special Week, and she's like she's from the countryside. She her mother passed away, so she's been raised by a human mother, and her dream is to become the world's or like Japan's fastest horse girl. Mm-hmm. So she kind of they're saying how like she lived like. It, kind of in the suburbs she doesn't know any other horse girls and then she goes to this prestigious school now for all the horse girls <laughs> I don't my- <laughs> oh my god it's- it just sounds so stupid when you start saying it because my brain starts going well how are horse girls a thing in this world how did this happen why do they ju- why are horse girls and where are the horse boys is this what's going on you're right okay so that's <laughs> you're right the horse boys oh my god so I was going to get to this a little later, but I guess it is kind of the main point of discussion here is that the world, the lore, is flimsy as fuck. I'm it does not really, fast. really red. I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's one of the things that was really keeping me back from enjoying this is that the mm-hmm. premise is so bad and they don't really do a lot to make it in any way believable. Yeah. Where it's just, it's just... Like, there is a way you can jump me into this story. It's just you're not trying to. They don't do that because I don't think they really had much of a story. Like, they had this idea for a game, and then they approached an animation studio and said, make this. And the animation studio threw their hands in the air and said, well, it's a paycheck. (laughs) And then the game got delayed, so the anime came out by itself. And it just, man. How did you... Man... Okay. So, All right. Oh, there's a, there's an even better twist at the, like, the end of the first episode. So our main character, Special Week, she goes to the big city, probably Tokyo. They might, like, it's all real world stuff, probably. Uh, she's, she, watches, she goes and watches a race, and she meets uh, Silence Suzuka, mm-hmm. who is like, wins the race she's watching and like, becomes this girl's idol. And then when she goes to school, oh, that ends up being her roommate as well. Aw. So, like, those are the two main characters in season one is Special Week and Suzuka. Yeah. Good. There's also a thing, though, where, like, the winners of the races then perform an idol concert. <laughs> oh, no. I, do- I don't understand. It's just the uh, most, like... Like, we just had to have that lot. element because yeah. because all fucking games need an idol element now, I guess. It's bizarre in the anime because I think maybe this is some leftover remnant of the original phone game that got that got nixed or something that basically got killed because they never really do a lot with it in, in the anime. Like they just they present the fact that they're gonna do a concert. They show like the three winners of the race, like the top three up there, and then like immediately cut away. And then like in the second or third episode, Special Week wins her race, and it's really unexpected, and then. They put her up on stage and she's just like, 
I haven't practiced singing at all. I don't know. So she's, so she's just like a dead fish up there, basically, right? like staring at, at the audience, and they're right. just like, "Why but are then, you not entertaining us, weird horse person? That is specifically the reason you are existing right now." Yeah, <laughs> boy, this so they, feels so, so weird. So they do the. Whole, they do this idle thing for the first like couple episodes and then drop it entirely until the se- season finale. Right. So it's so, good. it's so weird. And then season two doesn't acknowledge it at all until the last episode again. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, it's, it's still a thing. We just, we're still not really ever fully committing to it. It's just an excuse to have a song at the end of each season. Right. <laughs> this is deeply funny, Rat. Oh, Believe me, I knew that this was why I had to go full into why this series is so fucking strange. Okay. Um. So, yeah, the show is not immediately winning me over. It's just, like, just painfully, like, lo- painful levels of suspension of disbelief to get into these characters at all. Not to mention sports anime. I mean, <laughs> sport, sports anime can be good. I just haven't really ever watched any because... My mind goes, oh, if you're not into the real life Yeah, story, like, why that's would why would I watch it? Right. Mm-hmm. I really like Yuri on Ice. I've watched uh, Ping Pong by Masaki Yuasa. Right, right. Yuasa is good stuff. And that's pretty good. So, like, it, again, I'm not actually very down on sports anime. I think they can be good. I just, mm. it's a blind spot for me. Sure. So, the school setting, like, also, they introduced way too many characters right away, and you're just like, and they all have silly names, and you're just like, okay, I only I'm going to focus on Special Week, because it's overwhelming. She joins a club called Spica, and there's like five girls in the club, and it's like, okay, this is a more manageable number of, of characters. And of course, Suzuka is also in the club with mm-hmm. her, and they have a manager, and the manager does this thing where he touches their legs, and then they kick him in the face. Uh, yeah, so they, that's the good yeah. uh, that's the the appropriate response to yeah. that situation is to kick somebody in the face yeah so it's kind of a harassment thing but then they have very strong kicks because they're horses ha ha they do drop that in season two because the team is in both seasons they drop that at least mm. he doesn't touch the girls inappropriately anymore thank god so first half of season one really not winning me over a whole lot mm. And then somehow, about halfway through, like I really liked what they did with Suzuka's arc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this is where they also deviated heavily from real life events because the real silent Suzuka horse uh, <laughs> fell on the racetrack, broke a leg, and was immediately euthanized. Yep. One of those, so, you can't move yeah. the horse to make it happen. We just have to do it here. Don't Google your handmade waifus. <laughs> so in the anime at least they have her you know suffer an injury and then have a recovery arc yeah and then her you know triumphant comeback race that didn't happen in real life obviously uh, for unfortunate (laughs) circumstances (laughs) sorry i keep laughing at the dead horses no i know it's that's the thing it's like this show doesn't make me like horse racing because when you google these characters and they go oh they're all dead or probably going to die very early yeah, like, it's so hit or miss. Like, the real-life special week actually lived to 2018, like, slightly past the premiere of the anime. Yeah. Because he ended up being a stud for, like, 20 years. Yeah. Okay. Feel, so that's, the, that's a pretty happy ending, I feel like. That's oh, a lot sure. of happy endings in 20 years, but, John. But then but then you look up 
Silent Suzuka and go, oh, died in 98 on the racetrack. <sighs> cool. Cool. Extremely cool. So one of the flimsy uh, world building things for me, though, is I mentioned how they joined this club called Spica. Mm-hmm. The only characters that ever race are Special Week and Suzuka. Hmm. Because they're basing all these characters on real life horses and they're basing all the races on real races. Yeah. For the most part. The other characters in that show didn't or in that team didn't race in like the ninety seven, ninety eight time period that they're adapting in season one. Mm-hmm. So you just have like five characters just kind of standing around like doing training but never actually being never actually a part racing of the story. Yeah. And that's really frustrating to me. Mm. So then the f- the final episode of season one, at w- which point the show has won me over and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I-, I like this now. The final episode of the series cheats and just has literally a dream race where all the characters of Spica and all the characters of the rival team who have basically all been standing around the whole season, they get to do one big race together. Aww. <laughs> and then they all compete and they all do an idol song together. Oh. It's the most like... It feels like fan service. Oh, yeah, like this is so goofy. Yeah. But it was nice that, hey, those other characters in Spica got to actually do something for once in the entire season. Yeah, yeah. So then season two. So season one has won me over. Mm -hmm. And then season two amazingly immediately loses me right away at the start. Oh, shit. Okay. So season two, I knew this was coming, but it, it, it wasn't as weird as it was weirder than I thought it was going to be. Mm. Is that the main characters in season two are also members of Spica. So now okay. it switches it switches over to Tokai Teo and McQueen, who were standing around the whole season one. Oh jeez. And what's weird is that the crowd in season one, everyone knew who Special Week was. Right. And they and she was the favorite because she's the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Immediately in episode one of season two, the whole crowd, everybody knows Tokai Teo. She's the most popular. <laughs> and it's just this immediate That's such shift. a weird disconnect. Yeah, it just so immediately takes me out where it's like <laughs> again, with the whole the whole world just starts to feel flimsy. Yeah. Like, like, this can just be whatever at this point. Because I was thinking about it, where it's like, in Love Live, idol co- competitions and, like, the whole school idol thing, it's very important. It does not feel like literally the only thing that exists in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where in this show, horse racing feels like the only thing. Horse girl racing, of course. Yes, obviously. only horse girls. Only horse girl racing feels like the thing, the only thing that exists in the world. There's no side hobbies. There's no other, there's nothing else. In we haven't life. made baseball horse girls yet, Rhett. Come on. <laughs> we haven't domesticated those yet. God. <laughs> Grown them in the, in the vat. Yeah. <laughs> so there is a weird part later in season two where it's like one of the girls is told she is never going to be able to race again. And she's just like, well, what do I do with myself now? And it is like, well, show you better answer that. Yeah, because you need to, you need to kind of give don't. us an answer here. And they really don't. No, she oh just, no. Well, she just fucks around for a day and like goes and hangs out at like the arcade and plays Dance Dance Revolution and shit. Oh, there you go. 
I am adrift in a world that was not built to sustain my existence beyond this con this sports conflict. Because we have there's no answer to do horse girls do anything besides race. That's mm -hmm. so weird to me. It's, it's just frustrating how the world how flimsy it is. And it's like maybe I'm too hung up on this because No, I hey, think that it's valid because it's such like there's no explanation as to why it's only horse girls that are racing. Where are the because horse boys? No, why? why aren't humans racing? Like, there's no explanation for any of this. If this was just an anime about horses that could talk, we would have less questions. Because they'd be horses. So, season two kind of starts off on a rough foot because... Everybody loves Tokai Teo now, and Special Week. So all those other characters in Spika, Special Week. I guess it's just her because Suzuka, the one who died in real life, she goes to America. Yeah. She's not in season two. It's all just she, gone. She she she, she transferred. uh transferred out. Okay. <laughs> <She> trans <laughs> the trickster cat came along. Yeah. <laughs> the other fun thing, funny thing, is that the the. Uh, the races they're adapting in season two happened earlier, so it's it's like ninety one to ninety three races. Hmm. So the time there's also time weirdness. This just feels Again. like we fucked up, but we still have these characters. Like they didn't want to just make the clean break and say, "All right, we're just rebooting this whole shit," because things are different. The, it, things are different in the game now, so we have to fucking change it. And they didn't want to make that clean break for some reason, so there's all these weird mm. remnants from season one, even though the races that we're now talking about are five years earlier. Well, so like this is only stuff I know because I read the forums and right. kind of fi fi figured it out. Like, because someone was asking, "Why do the other girls in Speak never race?" And it's like, "Oh, because they actually existed at different time periods." Like the show doesn't tell you at all; you no. have to figure it out. There's one weird thing where, like, McQueen and Goldship, who's one of the other Speaker members, are actually, like, one of them is the other's grandfather in real life. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. Oh, so, God. So, again, I think the weakest part of the show, both seasons, is the main character. Like, Special Week isn't great. Tokai Teo is not great. I think the side... See, like, like Teo seemed like an interesting character from the two episodes I watched because she was going through shit. Who did? Teo. Oh, okay. Like, the two episodes that you asked me to watch, mm -hmm. I watched them, and yeah. her in those two episodes, she was dealing with an injury and trying to, like, find her own place because, you know, if you can't run and you're a horse girl, they euthanize you. Yeah. So she has to find a way to make herself useful in a couple of weeks or, you know, dunzo. Glue factory. Yeah. It's over. I don't, um, no, I don't really dislike her as a protagonist. It's just, it's such a weird shift having watched season one mm -hmm. and having seen her and just, just having stand a new protagonist shoved down your throat in there saying, no, this is actually the protagonist. No, she's the main character. Yeah, and, that's the and weird, the weird thing. thing is, special week just kind of stands around in season two the whole time. Good, good, <laughs> fantastic. Like, and, and they like forgot to give her a character entirely. Like, she literally will just stand there being like, Desune, Dayone, like just wow, she's literally just say. making like, sounds now. It's so weird. So the first time you want to give, think of the rabbits side of the victory. <laughs> <laughs> you bet you've had your, you've had your, your, your world, your personality stolen. <laughs> God. 
<gasps> Continue. <laughs> so season two, and the other thing mm-hmm. is like the thing I'd heard about season two is oh, you know, the animation better. Oh, the Simple Gear artists. And like they start using CG in the races in for the distance race. shots, oh, okay. which doesn't yeah. look really good. Yeah. So and apparently it's a, a different studio this time. So mm-hmm. like the forums were like, Oh, this is not gonna be as good as season one. It's you know, it's a downgrade in this, this, and this way. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, Oh boy, here we go. I have been bamboozled into watching season one to get to season two and now season two is apparently the bummer season (laughs) so first half it's fine it's like Uh they're doing the whole thing again and then like halfway through season two they introduce a new character kind of out of nowhere named rice shower yeah i love that they have the horse names i love that yeah, like they just like it's it, it's like the Mary Skelter thing where everybody's got a weird name and like it doesn't seem that there's any reason for it. It's just they're named fairy tales. <laughs> so like, basically to wrap this up because I think it's probably taking a while. Season two, the back half is really really good. <laughs> like the, I watched the 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 rice shower episodes in particular, and she has. What I felt like is a really good little one-off story about yeah. sort of like, like the the struggle that she goes through is very real and emotional in the small time in the small amount of time you spend uh, getting to know that character, um, mm-hmm. and they even like do like like little um, like like they do a special ending sequence over the over the end credits in one episode oh, that actually bad. sort of chronicles her life in like growing up and like it's really effective in 90 minutes the amount of character detail you get and how you come to understand this character because her whole thing is like she she loves elegance and things that are really elegant are what drove her to kind of like sort of like they sort of drive her sense of style and the things that she's drawn to and like there's like one scene in particular where it's like the first time like 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 she's just kind of posing in a mirror with her uh racing garb and it's just like your brain makes it connect oh that's the first time she got to wear that and it's like a cute moment where you can you kind of put yourself into that character's head for like 90 seconds and it's just like the character they work the character work they did in two episodes like i was like more invested than I thought I would be, even with like the stuff that Teo was going through, like they because like there's a solid arc there where she's like got a leg injury and she's like trying to like you know she's put into this other role on the team and she's trying to adapt and like understand and make that work. But then you've got the the, the rice shower uh, dilemma where the things that she's going to is really tough. Like it's a really tough thing to deal with, um, and they they knock that shit out of the park. Cool. Yeah. I think the whole time I'd kind of been thinking, I wish they would just focus on one character for a little bit of time instead of making the entire season primarily about, you know, special week. Yeah. And then Tokai. So like the fact that they have these two episodes that are really focused on rice shower primarily Mm -hmm. and like the best two in the series is like, Oh, you guys could have been doing this the whole time. Yeah. Like I think that that is a show where you, 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 do two episode arcs for every character and give them yeah. like tell a, a a satisfying little story with them. Yeah, because then I think for the other characters that have the habit of standing around doing nothing, like they could have their moment as well. Yeah, like I would of... absolutely watch this show if it was more of just like if yeah. if it was structured like the, the the rice shower arc was, which is just like it's two a... satisfying episodes where. We introduce a character, we get her conflict, we understand why she's doing the things that she's doing, then you get your big emotional climax at the end, which is really fucking good. Um, 
Yeah. Like, like if the show was more that, like I would have literally, I, I would have gone back and immediately started episode one of season one. It's just not that though. No, no. Like I think it's just a little too slow paced and a little too slice of lifey between the races. Slice of lifey, middling because apparently it's just it sounds like nobody knew what this thing was supposed to be. And, and there's, no, and there's no world building really. Yeah. It's yeah. just. Mm-hmm. It sounds like one where you just kind of where there's not you're not buying into a setting. You're buying into just okay, we're going to say this is how things are, and we're not going to yeah. really interrogate yeah. that. That's, we just... And again, this was just a vehicle for a phone game. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to, is that it's a gotcha. Yeah, like, this is all it was meant gotcha. to be, and they didn't really put much more thought into it other than that. I will say, though, the next big moment after the Rice Shower episodes is, <laughs> there's a girl Girl in season two with blue hair and shark teeth. So it's just, it's my favorite character. Obviously, she's adorable. And she's like this persistent dumbass the entire season. She seemed like a gigantic dumbass. Yeah. So the fact that they give her a moment a few episodes later made me so damn happy. And then the the eventual resolution to McQueen and Teo was also extremely good. Mm. It's like, they, once they hit that, it's it's so weird because both seasons are kind of like how they do the racing in the show where you don't immediately, you know, sprint out of the gate. You pace yourself. Yeah. It's like both seasons. The first half is kind of slow. The second half rules. I love that. I love that. Um, even, even though that these are human like girls when they're at the racetrack that before a race starts, they are literally in stables. And and There's shoot and shoot and shoot out of the dumb stable boxes like yes. like actual horse races. This show is stupid. So choice. So choice. <laughs> that so I noticed that there's one thing in the episodes I had Polly watch is that character called Master right away. Yeah, Who we bumped into in a character like that was not a great oh. first impression where we ran into a character named Master. I've never made Master smile before. Like, oh my god, Rhett, what do you have me watching? Oh, live up to Master's expectations. <sighs> so Polly just immediately has this ingrained in her going into the show whereas if because I didn't have that because I watched season one where, oh, it's a girl from the country. She wants to go be a racer. Like, there's some, you know, freedom there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is that the master is voiced by Kiryu in the Yakuza, so his <laughs> yeah. voice is <laughs> deep and intimidating. But, I, <laughs> but he only has, like, three scenes, and I don't think he talks in the one Polly saw. Nope, he just walks in, doesn't smile, girl feels bad. Uh, <laughs> oh no it's so fucking weird like you can imagine my first impression when that is literally the first three minutes of I've never made master smile uh, oh it just feels bad uh, that's one word for it <laughs> <laughs> oh the goose came back okay, oh, what's up goosey pal <laughs> <laughs> that's when i laugh while inhaling i it's know i love laugh. it i love it though <laughs> yeah the other thing i was going to mention is that one scene where like mcqueen is like hesitating to go into the stable yeah 
Boy, that one is super awkward. That feels fuck, and like that somebody just comes along and pushes her in. I mean, it's weird because I think like that's that's never a thing that really becomes an issue as comes up before or after again in the show. Is that one of the girls refusing to go into the stable? Yeah, but she's um, just standing there, not oh, wanting to go in, and somebody comes up, grabs her by the shoulders, and pushes her forward because <laughs> she's a horse. That's what you do. Uh, That's a horse's folly. <laughs> I'm sure, like, my vision of the show is that my kind vision of the show is hoping that this was, like, one of the producers was super into horse racing in the 90s. Right. And they they want to adapt these races that meant a lot to them mm-hmm. into anime girls to make it popular. Mm-hmm. And, like, probably McQueen refusing to go into the stable as, like, the you know, the horse expected to win that race was probably a big deal at the time where, you know, like, yeah, you could see he was on edge. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Because he was freaked out by how cool rice shower is. <laughs> right. Who wouldn't be? Cause rice shower is pretty fucking cool. Rice shower. John, you want to know the coolest shit in the world? Yes. Have you seen rice showers design? Like the kind of small goth girl? No, I'm pulling it up now. Go she ahead. Has, she's the one with the sans eye. Yes. Okay. Yes. The coolest shit in the world is that right at the end of her race, her hair blows up and you can see the other eye and it's also Sansa. eye. It's so good! So it's, it's unbelievable. Watch episodes... Oh my god, I've seen, I have seen Rice Shower so much. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Watch episodes 7 and 8 of season because 2. It's really it's good. Hey, Red, why did you tell Polly to watch the bit of the horse show and he didn't tell me to watch a bit of the horse show? Polly... Polly completely independently like started DMing me ice art of right. Yeah, I was like, like, who is this character? Okay. She's fucking she awesome. Knew it was a horse, I think. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is fucking awesome. This character's like, great. And then you got to her episodes, and they ended up being the best. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Polly is just like, who's this cute goth character I've seen? And I'm like, oh my god, she's a horse. Oh no. Because my was... like my brain did not notice or acknowledge the horse ears at first. <laughs> my brain just saw hair, and then like you were like horse girl, and I was like, man, why, no. why, why so many cute anime girls I like got to be like, okay, I like a dog, I like a bug, I like a cat, <laughs> I like a rabbit. Like what the fuck? Now I like a horse. I've literally like guys. I'm not a furry. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> I don't, okay, I, I I know what vision of this show I want. Oh no! And it's just a straight adaptation of like cool horse races, <laughs> where they are just where it's everything is the same as a horse race, but they are just girls, and nobody <laughs> acknowledges it, and there's no world building. They're just horses. It's like it's like they're it's like they are horses and everything about them is horses except they just look like they just look like girls. That's not that far off. From yeah, the it's show. really yes! not though. Like it's like just from the two episodes I watched, the way these characters are like they are so in another world than every other human being on the fucking planet. It's, it's bizarre. So- There's some scenes where Tokai is like going around town and people are like treating her like a celebrity. Yeah. But oh, oh. Can, you, can you sign this for me? Can you take my picture with me? It's so I love it. I love that they actually have specialized shoes. Oh yes. The they actually have but they're not horseshoes, but their shoes have like horseshoe like implements and on the yeah. bottom. Yeah. 
there's a there's a really good gag in season one where they use a phone, except the ear, except they don't have human ears. Oh my god! They have, they have the ears, the ears on the top of their head, so the phone oh. is very long. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I fucking love this show. That's it. I love it. Oh. I'm never gonna watch it, but I love this show. <laughs> oh I love man! Twitter and the top thing on my feed is McCat. McQueen and Teo. I just oh, saw that. Jesus God God. in heaven. Uh, I just, I just wish they did better job with the character building, though. Right. Because like the fact that these two main characters in season two <laughs> stand around doing nothing in season one just fucking kills me. <laughs> like it's, just the, it's the inconsistency. Beepner's like me. I can feel my soul leaving my body at the description <laughs> of this show. It's a fun watch. It's what God leave it. <laughs> so that's what I've been up to. I knew that was a journey we wanted to that's, go on. I, I, I so wanted to go on that journey with you, Red. Yeah. Thank you very much for sharing. That, I, hope like, that was I had thought about <laughs> over the course of the week how this segment would go since I knew that this was one of the things you were probably going to talk about and it exceeded my expectations. For what it's yeah. worth, I had so much at the end of season two. Yeah, oh, I believe it. God. Go watch episode <laughs> seven. And eight. <laughs> Which episodes, Polly? Seven, seven, and eight eight of, seven and eight of season two. Go watch those. All right. They're seven very good. See Sans, see Sans horse. Yes. Why does she have a knife in fan art, by the way? I have no idea. All the I fan mean, art I see of her, she fun. has a knife unsheathed, and I'm like, D- is that her thing? Like, she races and stabs people? Because I, I love it. Know. I love it. But why, I, <laughs> why does she I have a knife? I always was like, oh, you could just punch the other girl. <laughs> you could, yeah, like, that's, like, oh, God. but horses can't, no- horses can't punch. Yeah, there's none of that in the show. What a fucking... What a thing. <laughs> I'm glad that this show exists. Mm-hmm. Deeply glad. Oh, God. Anime. It's so good. So good. <gasps> give me give me one second to go get some water. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad okay. I laughed too much. <laughs> Horse Girl Knife Garcia. <laughs> Give her, give, give her Garcia's hitbox from Streets of Rage. It'll be great. <laughs> Ugh, anime. What what are you going to do about anime, Rhett? Like, what can you... Like, I don't know what you do with anime after this. Like, we've got... Like, like I don't know how... I don't know how you ever top a concept like this. Because <laughs> there's no fucking concept to it. Look, the concept is just, well, there's horse girls and that's it. I think the reason the concept is so funny to me is that human racing does exist. That, like, why? Why is it a separate thing that they would? They should literally be able. Like, is this like like they? Oh my! There's like. I think, a, be, I think they'd be way faster. They seem very fast in the show. Oh, this is getting Holly, real. Holly, they're horses. Of course, they're faster. I was about. I don't understand why this is hard to understand. You got Holly. a point. You got a point. I feel like every Lord question so far that's come up is. I'm just like. Uh, y'all, they're fucking horses. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, for what it's worth, when they're really racing, they're really doing the big dramatic races, like, they seem extremely fast and cool and powerful. Oh, yeah. Like, you would, like, if one of them ran into you, it would not be, like, you would break at least 15 bones. <laughs> Red just getting sucked into the Equestroverse. Oh, 
It's a beautiful, uh, beautiful thing. I think <laughs> the show works for me because have you ever seen that image that's like 10% furry, 90% furry? <laughs> like, these girls are like 5%. They have ears and tails, and that's it. Yeah. They're just human girls with headbands on. <laughs> yeah, they just got headbands on. It's fine. <laughs> They got they got horse hair they got horse horse ear headbands on. Fine. They are they are they are they are property. They are they are oh my they do not have rights. They just don't say what they are. (laughs) (laughs) This this is a I don't even think they ever say what happened to Special Week's mom. Oh god. God, <laughs> that brings up a whole slew of other weird quite Man, there are probably answers to this universe we are not ready for the answer for, and that's probably why they don't answer them. I think. Well, I, 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 I want I want the vision of the show where the finale is the character getting tragically put down. Oh, just no! imagine there's still cute anime girls, and they just get like shot in the head or something. Just come out like a girl's like crying her eyes out on the track. She broke her leg, split it through, split it through the skin. They're just like, there's nothing like we can really do. Gory and painful. Doctor, like they really make, they really make it hurt. The doctor comes out, pulls out a syringe, and just says, "There's nothing we can do." Fuck off. Like covers her eyes, injects her in the neck. She slowly stops moving, and. Then, Final episode credits, just silent white text over a black background. The end. The end. (laughs) God damn it. Killing Horse Guys is so funny to me. Oh, God. We are... We're we're evil, I think. I think I don't know that we come back from this. How do you pull back from horse girl uh, euthanasia and laughing about it? I don't know that we can. I can't I'm save this because I really like Suzuka. When I found out that the real horse died, I was upset. You got to be real bummed about that. This is almost not. like this is almost like how Strike Witches and all the characters are modeled after famous pilots. Oh boy, okay. that's weird. Isn't Chuck Yeager still alive? Or he was? Uh, he was at the time of Strike Witches, and yeah. I think somebody showed him, and he was just oh like, God. yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, guys, I have, I, y'all, I have an even funnier one. Oh, good. Oh, good. John. The horse goes just shitting on the track. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'm fucking done. This episode's over. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking can't. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> oh man. Can you see in my mind's eye and it's awful? It's. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, we're good. I've already gone through my water. We are, <laughs> <clears throat> and we're gonna need it because my, my next section's a, do, a doozy. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh wait, I think Polly's next. Actually, uh, yeah. Go All for right. it, Polly. All I need right. All right. Anyway, I will... need a break. <sighs> I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I don't okay. know. I don't know how. 
I don't know. I, like, it's all downhill from here, folks. That's the high point. That's you watched so much good stuff. That's the high point of this episode. Like, there's, like, my segment's not going to be that good. Y'all could probably go home now. It's fine. It's not about being good. It's about sharing good media. Exactly. And I'm about to do that. Absolutely. Because I think that, like, of all of us, like, I like I basically just had nothing but bangers this week. Bangers, yeah. Just bangers. I think, we're all, I, think we're, I think we're all bringing nothing but bangers here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Devil May Cry 2 was I, a banger. I, I mean, you shoot a lot in it, so bang, bang. sure do. <laughs> all right. All right. And then I started blasting. Then I just started. And then, yeah, just put that. You just put Dante in that meme. That's it. That's Devil May Cry 2. A horse girl death will forever be in poor Moogie's head. We've we've scarred our dear friend for life. That's why she has the bandage over her eye. She's trying to half not see it. All right. All right. I I watched anime. It was probably not as good as horse show in retrospect. Okay. Uh, I'll try, though. So, I watched all of Season 3 of Attack on Titan. Oh, boy. I watched oh. I watched Season 2, like, a year or two ago, and I thought it was real boring until, like, the last two episodes. Because that, that second season literally just kind of stays in one place and not doesn't do a whole lot uh, until right at the very end. And I just kind of, like, it really lost me. Um, mm-hmm. So... Um, since I've not wanted to play very many video games, um, and I, I recognized that Attack on Titan was still on my Crunchyroll to watch list, I decided to just all right, let's jump back in it. What's what what could possibly go wrong? And I think like within <laughs> in the, that show, I, yeah, I, I made a very stupid decision to think that going into this show because I think literally like in the first ten minutes, somebody gets their head fucking blown off. Oh yeah. Season just, three starts with some murder. Just fucking done and dusted. Like, this is... Hey, you remember Attack on Titan, that show that's not afraid to kill characters? We just, <laughs> we just put a hole in a girl's head out of nowhere. She was talking two seconds earlier, and we just waxed her out of nowhere. <laughs> um, so, like... Oh, so, this this season has two parts to it. Uh, the first mm-hmm. part, it, it's a lot... Like, the first part of the show is a lot more slow-moving. Um, and... Um, it's it's uh, a a lot of build up um and and it's sort of and the changes that are starting to kind of take place uh, within the world as like the world like and the way that people are governing the world is sort of starting to kind of swallow itself as as um humanity's noose gets tighter and tighter as this titan situation oh, is not getting better yeah <clears throat> Um, and this, uh, the first part of the second season, it's, it's, the tension is, it's, it's still way more believable, but this time the danger, it's less focused on the Titan issue and it's more on like the evil and selfishness that the human side is capable of. And, um, Levi in particular is a big, big star, uh, of, of, uh, the, the, this entire season, really. Like, we really get a dive into his character and sort of his motivations. And it's like, he's sort of the character that I never wanted to dive into that much because he's kind of like that asshole. That, that he's the asshole realist that has to look at things in the really bleak way. Uh, but he's also super cool. He's uh, so cool. He's so fucking... He's like the lightningest edge boy that ever edge boyed, but it's yes. also just like... But it's also just like, he has to be... I remember. I think I remember loving Levi. I want to fuck him. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, same same boat. He was. They. They. I think um, he was the one where there was a serial killer boys love Korean comic. Oh 
my god. Yeah. Um, oh right. That got really popular on Twitter for a little while, where the boy just looked exactly like Levi from Attack oh, on Titan. Right. Okay. And it was a good vibe. That's good vibes. That's good vibes. It's good vibe. Uh, killing, so, killing, <clears throat> killing, stalking, killing, stalking. I think. Continue. So the the the, the first part of uh, of the third season, it, it does a lot of really good buildup of the lore. Um, a lot of things with Aaron start to make sense because I feel that like he's sort of the part of this puzzle that never really worked for me in this show is that he's kind of such a nothing protagonist mm -hmm. um, that it feels like they were trying to make everything about him be a surprise, but it really wasn't a surprise because it's a shonen show and you can kind of see that turn coming mm -hmm. anyway. But the way they contextualize the things around him in this first part of season three, I was pretty satisfied with how it all came uh, came together and how we kind of like arrive at the solution we arrive at, like when the, 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 the climax of this season is starting to kick off and like, you know, we're getting into big coup d'etat. Uh, of the government shit going on feels real good. Uh, mm -hmm. Like you, you really start feeling it's like okay, we're starting to get our shit together. Um, this is real dicey because it's like oh boy, military rah rah, we're gonna take over the government shit. Yeah, it's dicey, but like they do everything I feel that they can to contextualize it in the, that like we're doing this because the person that needs to be in power, like she needs to be in this position for all of this to work. Um, because the people that are currently like in in power, like they're doing nothing but squandering the world's resources. They're hogging everything for themselves. They're thinking only of protecting themselves. And like the mm. fact that these that we're going after these people and they're being presented as the bad guy, and we're not there. We're not meant to sympathize with them. Good, you're doing things right. <laughs> you're, you're you're doing the exact opposite of what everybody told me this show was doing. Um, yeah, of I course, because there's discourse. <laughs> Oh my god, the discourse around yeah, this yeah. show. I'm not even going to get into that, because I've yeah. read, I've read a bunch of it, and I'm just like, shit. one, who gives a shit, two, I think the person that wrote that article really doesn't understand who the bad guys in this show are. Gotcha. It's like, when it's very obvious, like, the fascists are the bad guys. <laughs> and the show is very upfront about saying, these are not the good people. <laughs> um, Your shonen is too complex for you. Yeah. Oh no, Nerd's right. getting that COVID juice side effects. Welcome, baby. I started getting them in the middle of the podcast we were doing together. Oh no! I started getting I started getting the fever right when like we had like an hour and a half left, and I didn't say anything to anybody. I was just like, well, I'm gonna power through it because I'm a champion, like rice shower. <laughs> um, but um. But yeah, so like season one has this really cathartic ending and then like they do a real fun thing on the last fucking scene after the credits of just like, yay, parade, we, we won. And then they do this fucking awful fucking flash forward like, no, everything's bad. And you don't know. <laughs> so that's how they immediately hooked me into watching uh, the second half. Uh, of good. season three and part two is where all fucking hell breaks loose oh my god this good shit. the last 10 episodes of this season do not fucking stop every <laughs> single moment every single moment of every single scene something is happening and you you cannot blink or you will miss it um like it's just this show and the animators going berserk for this whole 10 episode campaign to finally take back uh wall maria which was sort of where this whole thing started is that while Maria got fucked up and we had to retreat. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, we're taking it back. 
and like this whole campaign of how they set is how they set this up they're really good at writing out war games to have just a lot of intensity a lot of danger a lot of fantastic action just man it it just lives and breathes the whole time it's bloody it's fucking ugly like it is a literal war of attrition with lives just being thrown away by the bucketful all over the fucking screen like sounds like the attack on titan i fell in love with in 2014 yeah yeah yeah, that's literally what this is awesome Um, like and, and, and like the like and you finally like we finally get to the basement and that's, that's, that's another thing that we've been trying to do since the start of the show is that Aaron yeah. has this key to the basement. And she's like, well, fucking, we have to go there. And you, like, you keep thinking the whole time, well, why don't we just fucking go there then? <laughs> so, like, we, like, like, they blow, like, 90 to 100 lives on getting to this one place and you finally get into the basement. And, and, and like, you get into... A climax that changes the entire fucking shape of the world. Holy shit. It turns the entire fucking series on its head. And it doesn't Holy do that shit. as a cliff it doesn't do that as a cliffhanger. It then goes into the exact history of how all of this came to be. And it's absolutely phenomenal. It's so fucking well. <laughs> I God like I I was so like for like a year I was kind of wa- wary of coming back into this show just because of the way that this show has been talked about over and over about how it's oh it's fascist <laughs> propaganda and it's just like I don't see that at all because this show is in no way glorifying the fascism it's literally pointing to and saying this is bad and doesn't work Oh, God. Like, I, I think I remember up. people saying that maybe the creator is active politically in bad he ways. Is. And like, I, he okay. is. He is. Okay. He idolizes some general who holds in very terrible nationalistic point of views. And okay. he apparently based a character off of that. I don't really feel that this show is pushing an agenda, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is just like, 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 I'm sure that there are things it's trying to say. But I feel it's more about, like, this dangerous situation full of a lot of tension in a world that is very scary and a humanity that is literally on the brink of dying. And you're teeter-tottering between that. And it's just, like, I'm I'm more than willing to say that maybe I'm stupid and don't get why some people would find this horribly offensive. Maybe I'm stupid. I'll cop to that. Fine. Uh, but I still enjoy it. Sorry. Yeah. Um I mean I guess like the only like the thing is like maybe maybe characterization in this show is not the best part of it because characters mm. kind of like like everybody has that militaristic dulled personality of where like this is all we can really focus on like we are like the protectors of humanity we are the ones leading this like there's 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 no room for levity here. Right? So so but but I still think that like what's here is so good at making the stakes feel very real and it still pulls a lot of tension uh, and and absolute terror out of a situation where even though these people can clearly take down these awful hulking titans 
it's still like like life is still absolutely and unbelievably fragile in this show um and that keeps it it keeps you on edge every second um and man I mean, they they've got a lot to do the way this season ends uh, they've got a lot of work to do, and I'm real like I'm I, I'm I'm super here for wherever they're going, you know, to the end. Like I'm I'm already hooked yeah. in, like, but I, I like I'm not gonna jump in right now. I think I'm probably gonna either wait till part two of the final season is airing, or I'll wait till it's all finished and then just shotgun mm-hmm. the whole thing. I I marathon season three in like two days. So. <laughs> awesome, it's crazy. I like that's how invested I was. Like I was very much here for it i did i did the very th- dumb thing of watching season three part one when it was the only one that had aired and oh no get to that cliffhanger ending and just go fuck like, messed up. yeah like you get to that like that after credits scene and then like the flash forward of like yeah oh god what happened yeah. why are there bodies everywhere who did this <laughs> it's so i'm season three part two is like it was funny because you just saw the whole anime community just turn around and go, actually, no, Attack on Titan is good. Holy shit. Yeah, Not like, just that good, is... but like masterpiece level, greatest of the decade level of like phenomenon. Yeah, like the, yeah. All of the reviews <laughs> I saw pretty much like season three, part two is like if people weren't invested or weren't 100% on board, this turned most of them around. Yeah. It's so crazy because you think like, oh, the ba- the basement was like a meme for like five years because it's yeah. And you think, what could possibly be down there that's going to be worth all this? What's going to be worth a five-year wait? Oh, I know. Let's turn the entire world on its fucking head. And then it's like three episodes of explanation and backstory. Oh, and it's so gut-wrenching. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't describe the despair I was in during this entire season. (laughs) There was so much despair. There was despair that I was not expecting. I remember coming in. I remember, like, one moment I'm like, man, fuck yeah, Levi's awesome. And then, oh, God, I'm in abject and utter despair right now. This fucking <laughs> sucks. And that's not related to Levi, by the way. Like, that, that's no, yeah. that's not me spoiling anything that happened to anybody. It was just me going from that cool moment of Levi being cool to, oh, God. They like to pull the rug out. <laughs> yeah, they pull, like, they never let you have that moment. <laughs> Very Last of us where they pull the rug out from under you. When I talked about this season on a previous podcast, I think I said something like, it sounds like they murdered someone in front of the voice actors to get them to scream and cry oh, this loud. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you get a lot of Satoko energy where her voice oh actor, God. her voice actor. But actress, it's the entire cast. But it's like, the entire cast. On each other. Right? Whew. God. There are some heated discussions. <laughs> That's, uh, man, yeah, Attack on Titan is very good. I'm real glad I hopped back on that train. And yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Because then I look at, like, what was that, Tanya the Evil, and I'm just like, oh, why is nobody calling that? That looks really super fascist. <laughs> why aren't you talking about that one? <laughs> I don't know. I just remember seeing the art and going to Rhett and John. He looks John. very fascist. Going to Rhett and John, I'm just like, is it me? Is this really? She's the hero. She's, she's the main the... character. Yeah, yeah. It's real weird. And then we found out, oh, oh, it's not actually World War II fascist. She's just an extension of World War One. Like, it's in the 1920s. I'm like, but she still looks like a fascist. Yeah, she's kind of, you know, okay, whatever. Just remember, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. What weird. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, nobody's talking about that one. <laughs> I guess because no, it's, it's not the, you know, you're not, like, how much, how many, how many clicks are you going to get by saying yeah. this, this fashy looking anime might be fascist or, or, <laughs> or if you go after, you know, Attack on Titan, which is one of the kind of like the biggest, um, yeah. the biggest properties in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they banned Tanya cosplay at some conventions, according to movies. Oh, so... yeah, God. <laughs> That's God. wild. Okay. But yeah. Attack on Titan. Gross in a way that is completely uninteresting, which is weird for me. Right? Nisekai. Right? <laughs> like, <Man>. there's nine. <laughs> I can't, I, I cannot wait for more Attack on Titan, though. That, that, yeah. That, I mean, I, there, there's more you can watch right now. <laughs> I know! There's like, what, 20 episodes or something? I, I don't, I'm just like I'm not doing it. Nope, I'm gonna resist. Nope. I think I think it's like 16 episodes or something. They when started is, early. Like when is uh, when is the last core airing? Like next year. Oh, <laughs> fuck off! Oh. I'll wait for Corpse Factory, but man, why is why does waiting for this feel way more painful? Anime <laughs> okay. NYC final season is six. Oh my god, nine score on my anime list ranked number nine of all time that's pretty good that's pretty yeah all right it's got 16 episodes final season part two which is the worst name ever starts january oh god and i would i'm not i don't want to jinx it but like i saw some people going and then final season second half or final season part two second half will be a movie (laughs) <laughs> I can't do this. I gotta put it out of sight and out of mind for the next two years, like I did after Pretty season much. two. I watched more anime though. Can I say one more thing? Sure. Though? Like the revelations at the end of season three, part two, were so big that I just went into full on rewatch the entire yeah, series. Yeah, mode. yeah. I kind of wanted to do that myself. Um, it's so dense and so much, and it affects so much that already happened. I'm yeah, like, oh, like, oh everything's you, different. Yeah, like when you unearth all of that shit, suddenly a lot of things, like even just stuff that I do vividly remember from season one and two, just like, oh, there's your, there's your context. Oh boy, yeah. they really tied together well. Hey, Rhett, uh, you said top ranked animes. And I was like, well, I know a funny joke. I'm going to go to the most popular page where I know Sword Art Online is number three and above Attack on Titan. Oh, my God. And since, and I looked at the top most popular anime, <laughs> and since then, Attack on Titan has bumped both FMA Brotherhood and Sword Art Online down two spots. Get and it's fucked! Now. Holy shit. Get fucked! Wow! <laughs> both of those shows in particular. <laughs> All right. So Attack on Titan is great. Gonna keep watching yep. that. I watched one more. Tell us. Oh man, this one was. I I watched this. I watched this entire series over the course of fi- uh, uh, in under fifty uh, in about fifteen hours. I slept obviously between that, but I yeah. watched like over half of it last night and finished it at around one p.m. today. <laughs> I watched "Keep Your Hands Off Azokin." Yes. The yes. animation. The, the the anime basically. Oh my mm. god. I love this show. Holy fucking shit. Like, this is this is the anime about uh, three girls whose dream is to create anime. And, like, they do it in their own little club. And, yeah, fuck if that makes sense and, or not in a high school. Yeah. Uh, you have to suspend your disbelief here. Uh, mm-hmm. Because this is Yuasa going absolutely crazy. Um, and, 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 oh, my God. Like, just... 
If you thought, like, I remember when we watched the OVAs for Little Witch Academia and was just like, man, these guys really love animation. Mm-hmm. Nobody loves animation more than Azekin. I've <sighs> never seen a show more in love with the art of animation and just everything that goes into that process and wanting to mm-hmm. explain it to you in terms that make sense. It really wants you to grasp fully everything that goes into the the art of animation, be it Western animation, anime, anything. Like, it doesn't just apply to anime, even though these characters are making anime. It's just animation in general is an art form. And this is a show that just outwardly celebrates uh, creativity uh, in such an uproarious and and, an excited manner. Creativity is held in such high regard um, in this show that it almost fucking made me cry two episodes in just at how exuberant... the, the you know not only just the animation itself but the characters how deeply into wanting to be part of this creative force and the things that they're into it for um uh but it's also honesty about honest about like that 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 that, that creativity oftentimes requires a lot of hard work a realistic outlook on like what you can accomplish and and, and concrete and road and like realistic roadblocks that are at the center of achieving your goals, um, and, and being able to compromise, um, and, and it handles all of that through just the voices of three characters. Really, uh, the three main characters are really kind of just the center, and they kind of highlight almost every aspect of putting something into production and seeing it through. You know, you've got the wild idealist, you've got. Um, the person who's very technical, and then you've got the realist who has to keep things grounded. Um, and all three of these characters just work really well together. There's there's conflict, but it's not conflict for conflict's sake. It's not conflict that interferes with anything. It's you know it's all still in celebration of arts and and and, and uh, animation. Um, like and I don't think that. You, 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 you don't even need an appreciation for animation to sort of feel the vibrancy that this show is just exuding um, and to kind of get swept away in it yourself. Um, but it's, it's, it's just so... Like, for a show that could have a lot of, like, tension, I guess, a show that could have a lot of drama... Uh, it's actually just really positive, uplifting, and really encouraging. Like, it wants everybody to be creative. It wants you to be proud of your creative voice. There was a moment that I think is pivotal. Uh, and there is a character, um, uh, Her she, she's a model. And, like, she's an actress. And her parents want her to go into modeling and acting. But she wants to be an animator. Like, she... Like she's she has a keen eye for detail. Like she can like like she's obsessed with motion, uh, and that's like what drives her to do the thing that she wants to do. So like the cultural festival comes around and they're gonna show their anime, and her parents are gonna be there. And in any other anime, this would be a big deal. This would be like where the character's like, no, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna show it. Or you know like there would be this big two episode arc where we have to convince her to do it. This character's like. 
fuck it. I'm going to do it because this is my fucking dream. I'm going to make them realize that this is how I fucking shine. And it's just like, that's such a powerful message to give people. Like, chase your fucking dream. Don't just sit around and let somebody else, like, dictate it for you. And that's like that was such a moment to me where it's just like, this show doesn't need that tension to live. This show doesn't need that tension for it to work. There doesn't need to be drama. It can be this uproarious celebration of animation and imagination. And by God, it is because just... Yeah. We haven't even gotten into just the wild imagination like the, the sh this fucking show dives into on a constant basis of these characters being swept into the environments that they're imagining. <laughs> but also, like, they're perfectly lined up with the real world that they're interacting in. So they're like, they're sort of play acting over top of this, like, over top of this fantastical vision that they've created, but it's also still part of the real world. So all of the elements are still there together and smushed together. And it's just this ball of creativity and positivity about that. That you, it's infectious as fuck. It's so good. Like, and, 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 and yeah, like, there are so <laughs> many ways you could fuck up the tone of a show like this, and they nailed it. Like, they literally compromised nothing uh, in, in making this show exactly what it needs to be and to be sending the message that it needs and wants to send. Uh, and that it's just a beautiful art form and being creative is fantastic and you should nurture that. Which makes it, like, like and, and, and at, a, at a funny moment where, you know, you finish a show and you go look at reviews sometimes. And I remember one of the reviews very specifically being like the imagination portions of the show add absolutely nothing and it's just like my dude Weird. that's that the is, point that is literally the fucking point is that you can be so imaginative and so beautifully creative that you can see the world around you as something entirely different and it's just like if you are watching this show and you want that removed what are you, what is left It's just wild to me sometimes that the people that watch these things, I yeah. swear, like, I, I know that I've mentioned it before, but mm -hmm. it's just, like, the way people engage with this stuff sometimes. There's so much shit out there that I don't think anybody, I, I don't think a lot of people are actually engaging with what they're watching, or and, and rather, they're just checking something off on a list. Just, I think a lot of people are just very, I think there's a lot of criticism out there now that's just very literal. Mm -hmm. Like, people just kind of not really knowing how to read a story. Yeah, like, not... That's not snooty, but I think that's, I think that's pretty fair. Not knowing point. how to read a story, or trying to apply logic and, and be literal about everything. Mm. When this, it's like, you are watching a show about creating anime that is headed up by three teenagers at a high school and it seems like they never fucking go to class because <laughs> the only thing that this show focuses on is the making the anime part like mm -hmm. you're gonna you're gonna sit there and tell me that the problem you have is a girl imagining a lamppost turning into a flying missile going into the air that's your problem when <laughs> so much uh, when so much more of this show doesn't make sense like the very structure of the town doesn't make sense which is something that they utilize to make their final piece in, in the anime. Is that like, this town's really fucking weird. It would make a great scene for an anime. And it's just like, that's... Like, 
oh, the way people engage with stuff just yeah. drives me fucking mad. Especially with something that's this joyful. Exactly. There's so, like, I'm not saying and you personal. can't, not saying you can't like this show. You can't not like this show. You you absolutely can be put off by this. But there is an exuberance here that there is a level of talent that is being applied to getting these ideas across that I feel that that at least has to be acknowledged that it's just like there's a, a ridiculous amount of imagination going on here and there's such a positive vibe that like to come at it with such weird like literality and cynicism just strikes me as like purposefully missing the fucking point sort of cinema sensey <laughs> yeah just like yeah very cinema sensey uh, like very very doug walker ish <laughs> i think it's all on a lot of our brains because of that very good folding ideas episode god <laughs> yeah. now i'm thinking though about how we just talked about the horse girl show and like oh what do they do when they're not racing <laughs> what do they do when they're not animating <laughs> <laughs> And all three, all three characters are fucking amazing, though. Yeah, Mm. the way like the really technical minded girl will just look at anything and like start making robot designs and then trying to figure out like how it all how it all works. That shit, like trying to make it feel like a realistic part of the universe it's in. That that shit, so fucking cool. And they do this all the time. Like everything around this girl is an opportunity to be creative, and they just go full fucking ham with it. It's amazing. Like I, I've not seen something like this and, and, and so uproar, so uproariously joyous uh, in in what it's doing, especially from Yuasa, because a lot of his stuff tends to be very moody. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he just came up with Devilman Crybaby, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so for I this, will, to I will say, I will, I want to throw this out there. I saw Ride Your Wave last year and fucking loved it. That oh, nice, pure, nice. Pure joy. I watched uh, Walk On Girl last year as well. Very good. Nice. nice. God, he did another one? He did another thing besides Devil May Cry, Baby, Isaac, and, and Ride Your Wave? Yep. Uh, he shit. also did something post-Isaac that's really bad. Oh, weird. He's allowed. He's allowed. He is allowed a couple of misses. Given everything that I've seen over the years of his, mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, like, I can't name anything that I've personally seen yet that I don't like. Like, mm-hmm. everything that I've seen of his, I absolutely love. I've seen Tatami Galaxy and Mind oh. Game, too, and I love those. Tatami Galaxy, Mind Game, Kaiba, just, oh my mm. god, just so good. I'm really excited to see this one. You... I'm really jealous of you watching all this good anime. I, yeah, <laughs> like, it's been, it's been a pretty good trip. I, I have to say that, mm-hmm. like, despite the fact that I have not been into video games at all, like, anime has treated me very fucking well in the meantime, I have to say. I just gave Polly a list, like, these are the five. Excellent. And it's going very well so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, I, like, yesterday when I got up, I was like, hey, Polly, have you watched uh, Keep Your Hands Off Eyes again? I think you'd like it. And then, like, by the end of the day, you've watched it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, like, Keep Your Hands Off Eyes again has been on my uh, to-watch list for a long fucking time. It was just funny that I kind of prodded you again yesterday, and then you just immediately blast through it. <laughs> I knew, I knew two episodes in that this show yeah. had already like it just grabbed me and shook me to my core. Like even like even if you're not an animator, if you were somebody that is just creative or works in a creative field, mm-hmm. like this is something very special for you. I think because it's such a celebration of something that I feel 
being creative is hard. Uh, it can feel yep. a little unjoyous at times, especially when it's hard to be creative. And I feel that like when I start taking my steps back to being creative, I think that this show is going to like be something that I can look at and say, thank you for giving me the right mindset. Cool. Cool. That's so nice. Yeah. Like, so like, nice, like we, we, we've had, we had an Isaac and cover like about this time last year. Oh, right. Yeah. So. Cause I think it aired. It aired, year, it aired so January to March of last year. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, I remember, I think, I think it was Rock Grumbler put it on the, their best anime yep. of the decade list. I was like, well, that's a 2020, but I'll allow it. I'll it's allow really good. It. Yeah. 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 Like absolutely keep it. <laughs> good. Good. Okay. I've talked a lot about anime and stuff. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and toss it to John. John, Ooh, send us out I'm with sure. a bang. Come on. Send some bangers here. I'm sure. Absolute nonstop bangers here. So the theme I would, I thought I would be bringing to the, not realizing that y'all had these extremely joyful, wonderful segments. My theme here was going to be dumpster diving. <laughs> For some reason, my the last two weeks I've engaged with a game that um, everybody hates, and then two pieces of media that I hated, <laughs> that I had already bounced off of midway through, thinking I fucking hate this. I don't want <laughs> to engage with this world anymore. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Mm. I'm done. And the first one of those was Fate Grand Order, um, which I started shortly after finishing Fate Stay Night over two years ago, like two and a half years ago. Mm. I'm still on the first season, the first arc, essentially. Um, and the way, and I, I've, I've told you all about this on the podcast, but the thing with Fate Grand Order, it has a, a pretty strong little start, starting chapter. And then it has five giant arcs that take yeah. like eight to ten hours a piece to play through that are just soul-rendingly <laughs> nothing. They are like a a bad webcomic that some a, a bad fate webcomic that mm -hmm. people that was particularly passionless in its construction. It's like um just like a, like a zeros parody series of fate stay night oh, that no. has like has like 300 episode 305 minute episodes somehow. Oh god. It is but in the context of this giant corporate gamble box murder, like soul murder game. Mm -hmm. So it is, it was in many respects, um, morally and artistically wretched yeah. and not something <laughs> I wanted to continue engaging with, despite the fact that I did in fact engage with it for about 50 hours <sighs> over the course of a year and a half. Um, so... <laughs> At the end of all that, I was off of it, and then I jump back in, and it's like, okay, I'm at Camelot. This is the chap. This is when Nasu starts writing the story again. Mm. This is the part that everybody says the story gets good. Um, this is the part that they've adapted into movies. The preceding five arcs, which were three of them, were written by the Fate Apocrypha author. <laughs> um. We're not adapted into anything. <laughs> they just skipped. They just skipped them. They adapted the first arc, which was the first like prologue, which was Nasu, and then they skipped all the bullshit. And then they adapted Camelot and Babylon. Okay. 
which are the ones that have the characters you recognize. Like Babylon has the shirtless Gilgamesh and Reen, and the and Ishtar Reen, who's Reen but in a bikini. Yeah. Um, and I was very excited to get to the good part finally, finally, finally. after like literally like forty or fifty hours of engaging with a stupid game. Um. And the way I engaged with it was that I was just mainlining the story. I just yeah. wanted to get through the story. I wanted to get to the good start part. I wanted to get to the VN that I wanted to read. Mm-hmm. And the game was an obstacle to get there. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was, how I, that was how I was engaging with it. Um, I wanted to shortcut my way through it as fast as possible. So I get to Camelot. And the thing about Camelot is that it is also a massive difficulty spike. Oh, Right when this and the, and the thing is the first like three little chunks of the of the Camelot arc are really good, like it's a meet. There's like immediately the prose feels like Nasu, and shit actually happens. The story is intriguing. The premise is intriguing, and then you hit a brick wall boss. <laughs> of course, and this and this is like an MMO type thing where you don't just grind for an hour. And then you're set for the next boss. What was the problem is that the game was balanced around people that had been playing it on and off regularly for like a year. And doing the dailies and doing Uh. events and gathering materials and ascending their servants and grinding and leveling their servants. I didn't figure out how to grind and, and, and how to level up my characters until like two arcs in. Um. You see, when you lose in a fake Grand Order battle in the story, you can spend the premium currency to instantly revive all your characters. Mm-hmm. And I'd under, I didn't understand that each one of these premium currencies corresponded to like a buck of money. <laughs> I'd be like, sure, let's do it. And I just, whenever I hit a hard part in the story, I'd just be like, fuck it, let's chew through it. Doesn't matter. I'm not playing this as a video game. Um, I'm sure that's what they want people to do, though. Like, just spend like five bucks, get over the brick wall. Well, no, because it's not fucking fun. Um, of course not. You're you're doing it to get to the story, though. You're not playing it as a video game, right? They want you to play it as a video game because if you're playing it as a video game, you're doing the dailies, you're opening the app every time, and that's when you've grinded up five servants, and that's when you're starting to really consider. Okay, I should. I want to get more servants now. I want to get all the servants now, or whatever. I want to get ten servants to level ninety. So they want you to have fun. The intent is for you to have fun, and I was playing it in a way that was not fun. No. So part of it is the problem is that the five arcs preceding that were garbage trash, <laughs> and that that didn't lead to me engaging with the game very fully, because um, I didn't have any faith in it. Um, but part of the problem was me. Because I wasn't engaging with the game as a game at all. Because um, I don't play MMOs. I don't play gotcha games. I don't know how these things work. Yeah, I didn't like, understand. If you don't, if you don't regularly engage with these games, they just seem like a hot load of fucking garbage. Honestly. Yeah, it just seems like nonsense. It seems inscrutable. Yeah, yeah. Um. It's like Xenoblade. It's like twice as many systems as a Xenoblade. As a Xenoblade game, right? <laughs> yeah. I still, and, like, go they're ahead. Just, they're just adding a ton of numbers and systems and grinding to hide the fact that it is very simple number crunching by the end. Mm-hmm. Are your numbers bigger than the enemies? I think that there is genuine game design in Fake Grand Order. Okay. 
Which is not something I, you said about DMC2. <laughs> no. Um, I think that when there's a hard boss, um, you have a bunch of different classes of characters you can go with. They each have their own skills. Um, they each have their own kinds of attacks. There's arts attacks. There's crit attacks where you can... Right, if you do an art attack, it's weak, but it raises your noble phantasm gauge, like your limit break gauge. If you do a crit attack, it's even weaker, but it gives you a bunch of crit, crit stars, which increases your chance of critting on the next turn. And then buster attacks don't give you any resources, but they deal the most damage. Um, there's a bunch of little things that go into the fighting, and I think it's genuinely pretty smart. Mm. Um, a big part of it is preparing your servants the right way, preparing the characters and, and grinding them and everything. Um, but there is genuinely a level of actual game design going on here that I think if you engage with it on its own terms, it's satisfying because what I did was I raised my party and grinded on them a bunch and figured out their skills and figured out how to use their skills and then fought this brick wall boss a bunch and figured out how I can best get through it. Um, and it was genuinely really satisfying. And I think I, I talked to another friend who played this, who jumped into Fate Grand Order after I did and got way further along. Mm -hmm. And he didn't just mainline the story. He just... He, because he couldn't because it was so bad. He said, yeah. <laughs> I could only take a little bit of Higashide bullshit at a time. Yeah. So I would play some of the story. I'd do some dailies. I'd do the event. I'd play through the event. I played all of the I played all of the Garden of Sinners event and got the very cool special five-star Shiki, which I was very jealous of. Um, and if you just play it like that and just kind of sink a little and just actually engage with the totality of it it doesn't actually take that much time mm. it's not actually life consuming um like i played it probably about 10 hours over the last week and a half and i completely maxed out my party of six characters where before they were way way lower than mm. that mm. um it's not impossibly demanding just to get to the point where you can you know progress the story um because I did that. I actually, and then I actually rewatched the starting cutscenes from Camelot because I was like, all right, now I'm in it. Now let's progress through this. Now let's see how this goes. And I don't know, you know, if it's going to be good. Oh. Um, it's already, it's killing characters and that it's killing characters who were introduced five arcs ago. And that's pretty cool. I'm like, oh shit. It, it, it feel, the energy of it is very much like, okay, time to do an actual story now. Oh, it took us a while to get here, but we're we're getting yeah. there. Time to have writing, and and like Nasu even did like an interview where he straight up said like we didn't realize at the start that we were gonna basically like care about the the fiction here. Like that's, this was our first. That's key. yeah, I can believe that. Like we like, saw some dollar signs and said, "Press the go button, baby." Yeah, this was our phone game spinoff. Mm -hmm. Um, now a billion dollar thing. Yeah. yeah. And then now he's at now he's at the other end of, and now it's gotten popular and he's and he's now he's straight up saying like oh yeah I want to make the fake Grand Order season two finale feel like Undertale made me feel and I'm like okay okay you got that's an interesting thing to hear from you know Nasu <laughs> um, he's just like it, they're they're invested now the fiction yeah. matter the fiction matters they care I tell you uh, what man money will make you care about a lot yep. <laughs> 
because but yeah it's just like okay this is a two three billion dollar thing now yep why don't we i'm gonna actually try to invest some <laughs> invest in this story we're gonna pull in the original vn creator and we're gonna actually care and if camelot and babylon land the way i hope they're gonna land for me because they're nasu stories and generally makes me happy <laughs> mm-hmm. um i'm gonna be pretty pretty pleased and locked in because at this point I enjoy playing it as a video game. Yeah. And if I had gotten there way earlier, then it would have meant it would have the um, bad story would have been way less torturous because I could have just been actually engaging with it as the fun, dumb MMO thing. Yeah. So it took a long time, <laughs> but I'm there now. <laughs> um, and I, and, and it's, and it's exciting and it's pleasing. Cause I just, it, it was kind of like this lingering um open wound in my brain of like i really want to i i i know there's something here and i just don't get it yeah because people two it doesn't make three billion dollars because people are miserable <laughs> playing it i mean they do it that's at- kind of how i think it does though <laughs> i i i think you might be i think you might be ascribing a higher ideal to this than maybe there is like i think whales keep these games going to a ridiculous degree (laughs) i think people play i think when people vibe with gotcha games and with mmos because i'm basically grouping them together in my head um because i think they share a lot of the same basic mechanisms for compelling people to play them because i don't think because the gambling in faco is mostly constrained to getting new party members it's the the act of um, leveling and making your existing party members stronger is grinding. It's time. Yeah. It's not the, the you don't pour money into a servant. Like when Rhett told me that in Symphogear GX, you had to get multiple copies of a servant in order to raise their level cap. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh fuck, that's sounds awful mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah, that mean that that means that you have to spend currency to yeah. just get them strong. Yeah, um, where, go ahead, Rhett. You have to keep rolling the gotcha, basically. Yeah. Where it's like yeah. the drop rates will be better than fate, but like then you're capped at level fifty, and then if you get a second one, you know, then you can smash them together. And now, oh, now it's level fifty-two. Mm-hmm. And then if you get five, you know, level sixty, and then that only then can you do the bump up ten more levels to get up to level seventy. Hot. So like, Painful. getting five copies is like standard, which is fucking insane. You can. Um... You can't if you get multiple copies. You can feed them to each other to raise the noble phantasm level, um, which is mostly something like most of the the good support servants I'm getting from friends online just don't do that, and they work fine. It doesn't feel as essential as getting the level up. Um, it feels like a bonus, and again, it's it's you feed one copy as opposed to you know <laughs> five. So that that's still a direct correlation of rolling to power, but the just the essential act of getting a level 90 level 100 servant isn't you only need to roll them once mm. and i've and i've rolled several good five star servants that i like um without spending a dime so i'm pretty pleased about that do you got uh, shooting what she's pretty do you have shooting she's pretty cute i don't have shooting shooting like see yeah. like what's the point of even playing the game if you don't have shooting doji i don't understand this doesn't compute gotta, to me got to spend that coin get that oh. get that shooting so 
So I will report back probably in like a month, and hopefully what I will be saying is that I finished the first season, and it was really good, and I really liked it. Right. What uh, is, it's Camelot at the end of the first season? No, it's Camelot, and then no, Babylon, and then, and then a wrap-up. Okay. Climax arc. There's so much more now, probably. Boy. There is. There's um, uh, basically an interlude with like four mini arcs, and then there's a second season, which is ongoing now. Um, and the second season is going to be the last season. They've said that explicitly, which oh, I think is nice. That's good. Yeah, it makes me happy. It's like, oh, there's an end in sight that makes it less terrifying. Yeah. Um, so the thing is, my dumpster diving was triggered by the same <laughs> fucking three-minute YouTube video in two ways. What? A friend linked me this fucking clip from Honkai Impact 3rd. Oh, my saying, God saying this is some of the coolest fighting animation I've ever seen in my fucking life. And I watched it and I was like, and then like four minutes later I was crying a little bit. I was just like, Oh fuck, this is really, really fucking cool. And then the friend said, this is better than any fight scene in Simple gear. And I was like, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I've already told that joke to Red. I'm okay. sorry. Okay. I do not hear it. Rhett just, like, heard a void of silence just now. So I was just like, I kind of want to play this thing now, but I don't believe that I have the capacity to engage with gotcha games or MMOs. Right. I don't trust myself with that. No. I don't trust myself with no. a new one. So then that's when that's what prompted me to jump back into Fake God. I was like, let's prove to myself that I know how these I can play, engage with these things and sure. have fun. Yeah. Um... And the thing is, the Honkai Impact had another effect on me, oh, which is that it was a really cool anime fight that was CG animated. Oh, no. And it played a, it played a really cool vocal rock song oh, over the this. animation. I hate and this. Then I, and then I listened through like an album of Honkai Impact vocal rock songs that were all really fu- just bangers. Right. And I was oh, like, well, I cannot- there's a I, path of light, path of darkness here, and you took the path of darkness. I took two paths of darkness here. I took the path into Faco, and then I was just like, well, I can't play Honkai Impact. I, 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 I can't do that. All my Simple Gear homies play, play Honkai Impact. <laughs> so, so it reminded me of another lingering open wound in my brain. Oh, God. Are you okay? And you it was really. Oh god. W the Rooster Teeth show Ruby. <laughs> um both of, so these are both things that I had dropped because I was just like fuck this. I'm done. Right. I can't deal with this anymore cuz the thing is I I got to Camelot and then I spent like 15 to 20 hours grinding over the course of like 2 or 3 weeks so and then something to trounced. do. And then still got trounced and yeah. that's when I dropped it for a fucking year. Yeah. And then I went back to it and then spent another 10 hours and then I did it. Um so I was just like, wouldn't it be fucking funny if I watched Ruby? Uh, no, it would not be. Like, why do people think that wouldn't it be funny if I did thing <laughs> that I actively don't want to do? And the more I thought about it, it just became more and more intoxicating in my brain. Wouldn't it be fucking funny? And then I got to the point where I had it up on the screen, and I was just like, it's Friday evening. Uh, Am I going to... Burn. I saw that three-hour runtime for season six. Fucking and I was just trash like, boy. Trash boy's gonna was, do and it. I was just, and I was just like, I like yelled at my apartment, like, "Who's gonna fucking stop me? Oh, I'm twenty-seven. No. 
I'm in a room by myself. If I want to do this, I'm just going to fucking do it. And nobody can stop me. And then I just like sat and I like pressed play. I don't know. I'm just tracking this like mental progression in my brain. That's just insane. And I watched like 10 minutes and I was like, this is physically painful. I am cringing at Ruby because Ruby has a very specific voice Mm. and we're not tuned in with the voice of Ruby. It's awful. I remember starting the show like the first minute and just being like it being this very portentous, awful lore monologue and just being like, oh, I hate this. Turning it off. Yeah. Um, And then I was just like, and then I watched a little bit more. And then I kept watching and then I was like, and then I suddenly was like, oh, let's start the next episode. And I was I was plugged in again. It had, it had just, the, uh, the switch flipped in my brain and it, it wasn't physically painful to watch anymore. And then I kept going. Oh. And then I watched the whole season in a day, like a day. This is the worst bag of Doritos ever. <laughs> and I watched about half of um, season seven. Oh, jeez. Um, so. How, how many seasons are there? Eight. Yeah, they're on eight. Okay. okay. Yep. Um. So the thing with Ruby is that probably more than any other piece of media except maybe Fire Emblem, I tie this one to my to my bad, oh, bad to my bad relationship, Diana. Yeah. To my bad ex-wife that I don't like. Um, no, she's because terrible. she was because she was fucking obsessed with this show. And she shanghaied me into watching it. Um and I and she she would watch things over and over and over that she liked. So she watched this show over and over and over and I would be in the room. And I, so I absorbed the first four volumes of the show, probably six or set, like five or six times over. Oh, I can't stand that shit, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, don't right? think, I, I mean, maybe I should feel not feel bad about being mean, but this feels like a thing that like little kids usually do. Yeah, of, absolutely. Oh yeah. I, it's, I just want to watch it. So so go just ahead. 30 times. Yeah. Yeah. That's what kids do. It sounds a little weird, to be honest. I mean, people, there are people that do that. I'm not going to judge. It's just like, it certainly wasn't what I wanted to be doing. Um, Because it's come up before with like Howl's Moving Castle, where it's just like these pieces of media that she just destroyed for me. (laughs) Like, on loop. Um, When Harry met Sally, Princess, um, Princess of Pride. Um, but the thing is, the, and then the thing is that we would talk about it endlessly, endlessly talk about Ruby and, and like think really hard about the show that really does not need to be thought about. No, there's at all. no thought needed here. And I would be intensely plugged into the discourse about Ruby online. I'd be talking about, oh, here's why people are angry that they haven't had queer characters yet. Oh. And here's why, here's backstage drama to do with the creator passing away and rights and how his partner didn't receive the XYZ and Rooster Teeth is shitty and they've got this voice actor and it sucks and and all this. To be fair, it sucks. Absolutely. I'm not discounting any of that. It's real, but it's not worth engaging the level of intensity with which I was engaging with Ruby moment to moment because I was trying to be a good partner and friend was over the top mm. and to the point like watching the new episodes as they came out volume four and five 
it was so much Ruby. That, that's that's so much, way too much to think about Ruby. So I, I, I didn't yeah. think about it for three years, except when it came up, I would be like, fuck that show. I hate Ruby. <laughs> yeah. And nobody would yet argue with me <laughs> because I think the only people that engaged in our circle were Taylor and Iffy. Yeah. And not to the point of like wanting to defend it. <laughs> no, no. Like they've always been very cool about it. Yeah. I think they know that it's like, it's kind of trashy, but you're allowed to enjoy trash. Yeah. So I got, I was probably like two or three episodes in and I was just like, this isn't that bad. <laughs> High praise. Like literally like I, I just built it up because of my awful real yeah. world experience with it. I had built it up in my head as being this awful thing. Oh god, the Ruby Chibi spinoff that's just like cute oh, slice of life shenanigans. God. We looped that too! <laughs> I knew all those jokes. Blah. It's fine. Um And I'm just watching it, I'm like, this isn't that bad. I've watched worse TV. <laughs> I've watched worse <laughs> TV recently. Um This is just it's and and I watched and then I got through the the back half and there was like an extremely good part <laughs> where I'm just going to kind of give a broad overview here, but there's a character, um, Blake with an abusive, evil ex-boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, who sucks. And in the, in, in volume three, um, he cut off Yang's arm, who is like, who Blake and Yang had, had a strong connection. They were close friends and also attacked her and tried to kill her. And it was very traumatic and both characters kind of spent like a whole season kind of reeling from that trauma. And he comes back in the fifth season and it's really scary. And then he comes back in this season and in the climax, they just have a big, really cathartic fight scene where these two girlfriends fucking fight the evil, the one of their evil abusive ex that was awful to both of them. Mm-hmm. And it completely lands it really, really hard. Just making it completely cathartic and awesome. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Um, This isn't like, I'm not saying like, this is good writing. I'm saying that this is the kind of bad writing where like, they don't have all their, they don't have it all planned out. They don't have all the character threads really moving the way they need them to. Mm -hmm. But they know enough to make a couple moments, like each season, really land. Yeah. Like Ren and Nora's season and and whole set piece in um, season four, I remember being really moving. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a bunch of big moments at the end of season five, I still remember, even though I didn't rewatch that one. And we only watched that one once, thankfully. Um, And then this bit, and then a couple bits after that with the main character. Um, and I'm like, oh, this is, this part is good. There is good parts here. This is better than Devil May Cry 2. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so like this, the, the thing about this show is that it, it, it's, you can't disconnect it from having started off as like a person just wanting to make cool fight scenes. Yeah. Yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. Which is what it was. It was Montium had made a bunch of cool fight scenes. I didn't watch any of those. I just came into it expecting a tv show and then when it was 
just cool fight scenes and then no no drama or story i was no drama or story but still a lot of talking and yeah expositing like i think like, so, like the only thing i've seen that dude animate was like i think he did a really elaborate episode of red versus blue that i watched cool. way back in the day i'm sure it's awesome I'm and sure it was it very good it was a very good fight scene yeah he does he, it's cool choreography i don't know if it's good animation um but it's good good choreography, choreography if that makes sense it's good pacing good choreography yeah. and there's there's something to be said about being able to kind of time that kind of thing out yeah, exactly. It, it's it's good, and there's cool shit there. Um, so I think like what those first volumes really offered was a certain vibe, hmm. which is just like cute hot topic OCs with really dumb weapons <coughs> having really dumb fight scenes, and that's fine. <laughs> and that's and that's really cute. And then volume three happened, and then they were like, "Okay, we're gonna make this into a real TV show," and then they just did. And it was cool and it was good because it was the start of a, an actual story. Yeah. And then they kind of continued from there and it was fine. Like they don't have the writing chops to make this kind of thing really good. And they're also still dealing with a lot of bullshit from before the show went from the show's inception. Yeah. That there are too many characters that the magic, that the yeah. magic system is really overdesigned. It doesn't make sense. Um, they, like a whole big part of this show is that there's real magic that gets introduced in like season three or four. Like, oh shit, there's real magic. But everyone has a special X-Men power. Everyone can use like equipable magic dust that lets them do magic. Like cool, there's, there's, cool magic spells. they all like, have magic shields. There's like, too many fucking rules. There's so many rules. It's completely oh, overdesigned. I thought John loved rules like in Fate. No, it's fate does rules really well. I only like gonna... rules and perceptions of the dead. <laughs> um, so Ruby has it's it doesn't it's obviously trying to be like Harry Potter or Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, it's trying to be that kind of fun shonen fantasy thing. Is like that a thought. You're trying what? to be Avatar and you're ending up as Korra. It's better than Korra. That's oh, another thing. Man. That's another thing I will say. I think this show is a lot more it's more joyful than Korra, and I think it has more actual it lands more actual dramatic beats than Korra does. Korra's yes. another one of those things I bet Anna drove into the ground. Anna absolutely oh, drove that one into the ground. Oh, just, okay. just, just yeah. That makes I, sense. I watched, I watched it all once and had a perfectly fine time. Okay, I think it sucks. There we <laughs> I, go. I also fucking love Avatar The Last Airbender. I think um, Korra definitely has that written as it was going along yeah. by because they always thought it might be the final season, so yeah. they never really set anything up, and that really mm -hmm. hurt by the end. I feel like I've completed my relationship with Korra, and it has completed with me hating it. Yeah, like, that's probably <laughs> not going to so change. Good. Come on. What? Season three was good. Season three is pretty good. Yeah, I guess. It's still not as good as the original show. Uh, fair. <laughs> season three is pretty good. That's that's that good. Yeah, fair. Absolutely fair. Um, volume three, and this is real good. Um, so I, I I'm just reaching an reaching an impasse here where I'm just like, I like engaging with like this this specific kind of like pop art of this kind of kids teens media. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I feel like I got a big chunk of that watching 100 Depths of Sword Art Online. I feel like I've read a lot of fantasy books that have been kind of like that lately. Mm. Um, it's something that I resonate with, and I like seeing different spins on it and then picking out the pieces that I don't like and picking out the pieces that I do like. It's ac- it's almost academically interesting to me at this point. Okay. Um, and it feels really nice to take this thing that was painful for me, mm-hmm. which for you is yeah. painful for me. I think that's the big takeaway. That's the best part is being able to recontextualize an awful, you know, something that was an awful experience and turning it into something positive for yourself. I think that there's absolutely something to celebrate there. Yeah. I feel like I've reclaimed this thing that I devoted way too much emotional energy into. And that, and that feels really good. Let's have a big deep think session about fucking Ruby. <laughs> so hard about all the different character arcs. About here's here was let's like diagram out. Here was White Sister in over volume four. Here's this gangster in over volume four. I don't and even do this for things that characters. I like. <laughs> I mean, either I just I just watch it and then I'm like, that was good. I like Taker. I liked it. Lot. It was good. Yeah, like I didn't like. Yeah, sure. I might have had a couple of three to four hour podcasts about it. But, <laughs> uh, that's about as far as. Watched- I may have read all of Arc 2 of Higarashi and then watched all of it on your stream. Yeah, that's fine, though. That's nothing is like, that. there's still meat to that, at least. Like, it's not fucking Ruby where we're like, look, man, there's probably a lot of face value here. We can go on that as probably the main driving force behind everything that is propelling this show forward. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good face value theming going on. Like, there's... All that, like that stuff with Blake and Yang's relationship, it's you get it immediately on the first watch, and it's great. <laughs> and that's, and you don't, need, there's nothing more than that. Don't need to psychoanalyze this. <gasps> Girls fall in love and then fucking beat up. Do y'all care about spoilers, by the way? I, don't I mean, I'm not gonna say on shit. The, I'm not gonna say it on the podcast. I'm just, I have a, made a funny image I want to share with okay. y'all later. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I, I feel very warm and happy about it. But on the other hand, I was listening to your whole segment, and I was like, oh, just watching a really good show does sound nice, huh? Yeah. <laughs> just like art. <laughs> I watched a lot of good shows, John. When you talked about Isaac and it was making me yeah. flashback. Isaac and, Isaac, and, Isaac and in particular feels like a 100% counter to this, unfortunately. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it made me think of a place further than the universe where we just it was just a <sighs> nice all the story beats it's just like hey let's do let's do an art let's do a real art here yeah let's actually do an art man that fucking show is a masterpiece yeah so i I, i'm probably gonna want to counter all of this bullshit soon because this is also coming right off of all the kingdom hearts which is sort of right it's all kind of like it's got that same kind of hot topic teenager energy hot topic teenager energy um, I listened to a bunch of My Chemical Romance. Oh my god! Not, You're just really you are hard. literally going through a midlife crisis John right is, now. John is de aging. He's literally going through a midlife crisis. I don't. Know, I didn't. Job. I didn't listen to it as a kid. I'm. This is me like trying to understand as an adult. Yeah, like, but oh, you're like you see you you didn't listen to it as a kid, but that now you're going back though. Oh. Like you're 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 gonna show the world you're not old. You understand this. <laughs> god, is that what's happening? This is the fucking, this podcast is just the eternally, the John psychoanalyst. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm always like, I don't have an off switch. I'm just full bore. 
Um, and then other people look at that and they, they kind of throw vulnerability. They throw something back at you and you might not be ready to hear that. And it might be it might have just been a joke, but it'll stick in your craw for three or four days. <laughs> John is going to be thinking about midlife crisis for the next five days. His next therapy stupid. meeting is going to be that. Stupid. You're welcome. <laughs> so stupid. Friends give friends <laughs> Ruby. <laughs> Why is this show like this? Why do we connect so much with stories? Like, on some level, I feel there's a part of me that's just like the actual quality of the art sometimes is almost arbitrary because you can just <laughs> choose to invest a lot of yourself into something, even if it doesn't merit it. Right. And if, if you do that, out right now. <laughs> if you just do that, then you can still get almost as much as you can out of like good art. Oh my gosh! Sorry, I didn't mean that as a clown. I was wow. thinking of online. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> if you just choose to believe it's special, then it is. <laughs> the real power. God. Fuck. <laughs> I'm done. Oh, I, my hope God. Was, I hope that was a that satisfying was, follow up to that was a. Man, this episode was a fucking roller coaster. We had, we had, God, there was so much, God, how do you write, how do you write a summary for this episode? I don't know. We're taking this one to the racetrack. We're taking Chat this went, one to the racetrack, baby. Chat went dead. Chat, is going just, Chat, Chat, went, Chat checked out 40 minutes ago, my man. I think we had nine viewers earlier. We're down to four now. So yeah. <laughs> Boy, God bless okay, them. And wait, and I'm one of them, so. Oh, gee, I'm one of them. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Oh, I good. deserve it. Don't worry, I know it. I get it. <laughs> I hope that was fun. This this was a, another fantastic episode. <laughs> I would love to thank everybody for joining us, both live and, and, and for downloading it. it. It always means a lot. Uh, this episode in particular, I had a fantastic time. I don't regret a single moment of this episode. I've had way more laughs this, oh, yeah, ep this one episode than I have laughed in the last two weeks. So I'm definitely in a much... Good. I'm in a much better mood. Life is good. We hope that it's good to you and yours as well. I'm excited to watch Ruby. Yeah, there you go. Don't, don't no, no. Just go watch, go watch a horse girl anime and just be perpetually fucking confused. God, life is good. Do you think the main character of Azuken could actually write a story in a world for for, oh, for horse girl anime that made sense? I think she could do it. I think I described. And one that makes perfect sense. I think just, John, John's got it. John's got it. And they die at the end. I, and that's I, how it goes. I, I, want, I, want, I want to give Asakusa a, a, a shot at this, though. I think she could knock it out of the park. She could make that whole okay. world make sense, I think. You at see, the very we, least, she, she would design those shoes they wear with the horseshoe kind of embedded into it. She would have the most intricate design for that horseshoe, and it would yeah. make 100% sense why they needed them. Despite the fact that we have running shoes and they seem to work just fine. They're running very fast and powerful. They're tearing up the turf. Okay, their legs their legs are so powerful that if they ran at full force in normal shoes, they'd break their feet every time. So yeah. they gotta have these absorbers on the bottoms of their shoes <laughs> that, uh, that, mm -hmm. uh, that take up the impact for them so they don't break their feet. Yeah. There you go. They, 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 they just try to 
make everything make sense. Yeah. <laughs> do real world horses like poop while mid race, or do I they do when they're just chilling? They shoot them if they do. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> God, don't name your horse Leaky Bowels. Jesus. <laughs> the horses poop mid-race. <laughs> I've got to know. Do they? Mid-race. John, do horses poop mid-race? <clears throat> Kentucky Derby jockey gets crapped on mid-race. Yes! Still wins! Yes! This episode could not only have ended. Jo- hockey players lose teeth daily. Basketball players tear their ACLs. But only for jockeys is poop on the face a workplace hazard. Oh my god. Fantastic. Why hasn't this been a part of the horse anime? Yeah, I think that by leaving out pooping on the track, they've they've re- they're really not dedicating themselves to uh, <laughs> to, <laughs> to the fucking idea. Oh my god, this has been an episode. Yeah, like, wait, I'm posting my funny image. I'm oh. posting my funny image that I wanted to share with y'all. This uh on this volume six climax. It's gonna be uh, an episode oh my god. <laughs> okay that's good that's good okay all right so okay everybody this is a good episode uh we love you all john thyer could you let the folks uh on the internets know where they can find you if they want to find out what you would do with the horse racing anime faraway and i posted i made some blogs blog posts um i wrote about amori um and i wrote um about some projects i'm in the middle of and i'm hopefully going to be releasing something in the next three months or so man fantastic i'm stoked Rhett! i had a line here i wanted to drop and i'm laughing too much of that stupid image john just posted. <laughs> just a reminder that i've watched a lot of anime including all the ones polly's been gushing about lately and Symphogear is still my favorite. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have to watch it now. I have to know how Symphogear uh, stacks up against Sword Art Online and Ruby. <laughs> is this where this is all going when you talk about like edgy, hot topic, tween stuff, like, and the final crown in that? I'm training. I'm training my. I am training my soul to like Symphogear. just takes a little I'm more. I'm building there. I'm getting there. We gotta get John special shoes so he can watch Symphil Gear. It's all. But he talked about like Honkai playing like a cool yeah. rock song in action. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, and then you watch Symphil Gear. Is the light path? <laughs> and you took the dark path. Yes. I th- to be fair, to be fair, I think the dark path was way more entertaining podcast wise. <laughs> it always is. I mean, it's always what like this. This this show thrives on us making bad decisions. I think. <laughs> And this wasn't a, this wasn't an evil bad decision either. This no, was a, it wasn't. It was, it was just off the wall one. Yeah, it was off the wall. It was just like, yeah, we're gonna trash dive into bad media, but it's not like evil bad media this time. I know. And, and there Don't was worry, a good. And, you had a good story at the end. Yeah, you overcame yeah. some things. You grow. You grew as a person. Feels good. Hmm. Rent. Where can I they find love you? you? Watching some folk here. Crunchyroll.com slash some folk here. <laughs> And, um, hey, Ryukishi7 will be making a return to my Twitch channel this week. I'll let, oh. you, I'll let you ponder whatever that might mean. We're reading Higanbana. 
Uh, until another two weeks or so roll by, we will catch you later. But remember in the meantime that we are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you. Mmm, it does go well with the chicken. Delicious again, Peter.